moment 45 minutes into this podcast where i thought to myself 90 minute episode huh weird um 
So. Yeah, it was not a 90. We, we, uh, people, I mean, at, people at this point, they have not heard it yet, but we went a lot longer on Ikokuniki than I thought we would. Yes, yes. Um, Anything else we want to talk about? Or should we get out of here? Um, I mean, I, I got to like get ready to, to wake up early to go on a trip and you got to work tomorrow morning. Yeah. So I have my to trip work. is very short, but I don't have to work as early as usual, but I have to work. I was, supp- excuse me. I was supposed to go in at eight 30 tomorrow morning. And then I got a text a couple hours ago that was like, can you come in at seven 30 instead? And I just said, sure. Because I was like, well, I'll come in at 7.30, but I also get to leave an hour earlier, so whatever. Um, but also, it's like, man, that's just one less hour of sleep I get now. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I still will get, like, six hours, so it's not the end of the world. But that is just one less hour that I get now. Yeah. Well, I think we're done here. And then we were out of the podcast. That's not what we say here. If you don't... If we don't say it, we can't end the podcast. Nanahachi is real. So if you're new here, <laughs> <laughs> no, we did the we did the preamble, which is the whole you thought maybe it was a ninety minute podcast. <laughs> I I did the thing where we're gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. Give Ashley your fucking money. They're not even going right now. Uh, fuck. What am I supposed to say? Nanahachi is real. Is it Amuro? It, fuck, what am I supposed to say? It, it's Nanahachi. Bob Holness is dead? That, that's the start of a podcast. He is Vengeance, he is the Night. I'm M, and that's Autumn. Wait, no, fuck, I'm Autumn. Okokoro is real? Okokoro is real. <laughs> I don't want to end it on that though. Nanahachi is real. Nanahachi.
everybody, and welcome back to the Non-Homophobia Zone. I'm Autumn. I'm joined as always by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. I heard you say Neve the exact same way I did at the playground earlier, and now here you are trying to flex on me. Neve. <laughs> um, I want to go first. I have a big thing to Wait. talk about. Oh, yeah. 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 I got a job. Yeah. Fuck Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part at the very end where I'm going to be talking about like a blazer thing. You'll know it when you get to it. It's related to this. But anyway, you you got a job offer. Yes. I signed my job offer today. Um, I guess if they do a background check and they find out about all those murders back in the 80s, um, I'll be in trouble. But... <laughs> <laughs> when you were the idea of a baby, maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll find out that my dad was Jeffrey Dahmer, and then we'll be in trouble, you know. If, if they Dis- don't give you a job because your dad was Jeffrey Dahmer, that's fucked up. Dis- disclaimer: My father, not Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> my dad, kind of just a man, kind of just a regular yeah. ass dude. Um. I was going to be mean, but I chose silence. (laughs) But then I did say that. (laughs) Anyway, yes, I I got a new job. I will be working like 8 to 5 or something like that, 8.30 to 5, Monday to Friday. I will be sitting at a desk three days a week, and then I will be sitting at a different desk in my own home two days a week. I will have weekends off. I will have holidays off. I will work 40 hours a week, no more and no less. When I am after 5 p.m., no one is going to be texting me on my days off to be like, hey, I can't come in on Sunday. I'm trying to trade my shift. One of my favorite baristas, who I hope takes my position at the store when I leave, she has been texting me since yesterday about trying to get a Sunday shift covered, and I've been helping her with it because she is very dear to me and I love her. But also in the back of my mind, I'm like, bitch, I'm not at work. Stop texting me about this. Mm. <laughs> um, fuck Starbucks, bro. Yeah. Fuck Starbucks. Terrible fucking rock company. I hope they go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, I've stayed at Starbucks for five years because I'm like, well, the benefits are better than I'm going to get anywhere else. And now that I'm at a job with like good benefits, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Starbucks doesn't do fuck for their people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I paid the Star- same premium. Starbucks loves to, like, beat themselves off about the mm-hmm. fact that they have such great benefits. Um, and there's basically two things. One is that you don't have to be full-time to get them, which is not true a lot of places that do have really good benefits. Yeah. That is, that is a genuine plus. That part is a good thing. Um and then the other thing is that they are talking about compared to food service. Yes. Historically terrible benefits. C- compared to McDonald's, incredible benefits. Compared to... <laughs> an I don't, entry-level I don't... desk job at a... Uh, yeah. You know. I, I will say an entry-level desk job at a place that is fairly established. Yes. Yes. I don't really want to... I don't want to talk about what my new job is just because I don't want to. I want to keep that private. But I, yeah. listener, I guarantee you it's very boring. You know, yeah. I will be answering some phone calls and helping people with computer systems at a place that is like well established in Chicago for, I assume, over a century. I don't know the number. 
Yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, fuck Starbucks, bro. I'm I'm gonna be paying. If I'm, I need to read things more closely. I just signed my employment offer today. I was looking through the benefits guide, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna be paying basically the same in premiums, maybe ten dollars less. Um, and my deductible, my deductible on my health insurance will be a quarter of what it is at Starbucks for the yeah. same amount of money. <laughs> Uh, and your, your copay is pretty low too. Yeah. Also, yeah. My, my co-insurance is like 10% or something. Yeah. You know, um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, welcome to the, the office lady life. The, no, I was reading that benefits guide and I'm like, fuck dude, I need to still be working here when I'm 50, you mm-hmm. know? And, and there, this is the type of place where I will be able to advance, you know, like, non-linear way i won't just be able to go barista shift supervisor assistant manager manager question mark question mark no one ever gets actually District. promoted yeah no one Somehow. ever everyone ever gets that promotion i've known many people who have pursued that promotion and no one gets it yeah there are district managers they all seem to be outside hires anyway um i don't care about stealing billing starbucks's bean i'm getting i'm giving notice tomorrow fuck these people <laughs> so you said spilling their bean <laughs> the small cat's out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. Um um but yeah, like at this new place, like maybe I'll go into, you know, a couple years from now, I'll go into a supervisor position at the same thing I have or maybe I'll be like, "Oh, there are other departments at this workplace that I could go work in," you know? Yeah. Um like it's it's not like just one chain of command all the way to the top, you know. Yeah. Um. And 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 I negotiated a slightly better wage for myself, and I got it. I got that slightly better wage for myself, and then I was assured there are yearly performance reviews where I will potentially have more of a raise at those reviews based on my performance as opposed to starbucks where i get a text on january 1st that says don't tell your coworkers, but you're making five cents more an hour now by the way i get that text every year and it's illegal every year and i do still have every single one of those fucking receipts you better know <laughs> i've got all the receipts for all the times i've been told not to share my wages with coworkers. <laughs> because if i want to i could just like throw a molotov cocktail on my way out i'm probably not going to do that yeah, because it would probably the thing is the people who send those texts are usually friends of mine who happen to also be my managers, and it would come it would end up reflecting badly on them and not the company culture that encourages them to say these awful things. You know, yeah, that are against the law. Yeah, and if your boss is telling you that you can't share your wages with coworkers, you keep the receipts, and you if you feel inclined, you just be like, hey, just so you know, you violated OSHA, and it would be very easy for me to just send a little complaint in. That's just a very yeah. easy little complaint to get sent in. Um, this is the funniest thing when I was at the law firm because they did shit like this all the time. Uh huh. <clears throat> That's just like clear like violations of like labor law and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's like you're you're a law firm. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like one, you're a law firm, so you should just have general ideas about how law works. Mm-hmm. But also. You're a law firm that specializes in immigration law. Mm-hmm. So if some actual like labor lawyers come in here, they're still going to know more than you and be able to out-argue you. This yes. is not your area of expertise. Yes. And furthermore, it's one thing if 
it's one thing if your boss says to you, don't tell your wages to coworkers. It's another thing that these stupid motherfuckers put it in writing every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> every year they put it in writing. <laughs> Don't take notes on criminal fucking conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm heated up today, as you can tell. Yeah. Oops. Starbucks sucks. Starbucks sucks. I'm, I, I... I mean, the other, the big thing for this uh, podcast, too, is... I mean, we've talked about you've been, like, working yeah. 5 a.m. most of the yeah, time. Yeah, and so, like, this summer, like, since I there's been a new person at work who's writing the schedule instead of my normal manager. This, like, started when you were on hiatus, basically. Yeah, when I was on po- podcast hiatus, I, I was basically given a new schedule at work where I go in at 5 a.m. every single day. And so it's made it hard for us to record because in the past I'd be like... Oh, on Tuesday I go in at noon. We'll record on Monday night, so the you know yeah. But but now that I just go in at five a.m. every day, it's like the only times we can record. I would have to give up sleep. Now we just have basically the same work schedule. We have yeah. the same days off. Technically, I think I have to wake up earlier than you most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. It, there's days where you uh, will be driving in, and I'll probably be at home, and then we'll probably wake up around the same I'll time. I'll probably I'll. If I have to be there at 8, I probably am just going to start waking up at 6 just because that's, like, a pretty natural rhythm for me. But also... Yeah. That's when I wake up. Like... 5 if I have to drive in. But. Yeah. Like... Yeah. So, if But if that's I, still better than you having to wake up at, like, what, 3.34? Yeah. Here's the thing. Is that getting 6 hours of sleep and waking up at 3.30 is way worse than getting out 6 hours of sleep and waking up at 6. You know, yeah. especially because and I don't know if you'd be able to do this, if it would uh, disturb like Nora or something. Thankfully, it doesn't really mess with Emily. I have like one of those sunrise alarm clocks because um, when I started at my current job, I, I had to work. So now I'm choosing it because it works best with like kids schedule school stuff. I do mm-hmm. pick up. So I start at seven and then it's easier for me to do pick up um, when I drive in. I just can't really do drop off or pick up, but whatever. Okay. Um, but I was every single day I had to drive in and I had to be there at seven. And so it was just like, I need a sunrise alarm clock to like Mm -hmm. make myself wake up in a more natural way. Cause the, it being like five in the morning Mm -hmm. and then just an alarm blares Mm -hmm. and then you get out of bed and it's still dark is like really terrible for your body waking up. I have found the right balance um, which is one, I get all my clothes ready in the morning and this is, this is mostly based evening. on me or yeah, I get all my clothes yeah. ready in the evening. I set them out in the living room and then if I have to be at work at five, I set my alarm for three thirty in the morning. I snooze it until four. I get out of bed at four. Um, and then I go get dressed in the living room, you know, yeah. and I, I set my alarm. I set my alarm to vibrate specifically because it helps me and I've only there's only been one time since I've started setting it to vibrate that I haven't woken up on time. So it's it's worked for me pretty well. Yeah. Um. I also the when I first had the idea because basically as far back as I can remember, like when I was going to middle school, I set an alarm and I snoozed it, and I just have to snooze it. I am just. I want to change this about myself so badly because I think it would improve my quality of life if I wasn't an alarm snoozer. 
but I am. And I cannot wake up without snoozing it a couple times. It's just how I work. Yeah. And so when Nora and I first started living together, it sucked for her because I had do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And then 10 minutes later, do-do-do-do-do-do. And then, and I snooze it like three or four times. Like, yeah. I, I am a, a habitual snoozer. And so, discovering the I still wake up when it's only on vibrate has uh, just made both of our sleep much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely tend towards snoozing, but if I have to, like, go into the office. It's better for me to just immediately get up when my, like, sunrise alarm clock goes off. Um, and so when I go into the office, it goes off, and I just get up, and I immediately, like, go. Mm -hmm. I have, like, a second thing that will go off five minutes later. The other thing is I don't snooze. I don't do the snooze button. Mm -hmm. I will have multiple alarms that will help catch me if I do end up falling asleep. Mm -hmm. But when I work from home, I have a higher tendency to just let it go to that final alarm that I have. It's uh -huh. like the, you need to w get the fuck up. This is, this is the thing is that like under pressure, like if I had to drive into work, let's say, um, and it's like a one time a week thing under pressure, I can wake up. There's yeah. been one time, I think in July where I was supposed to be in at work at five and I woke up and I looked at my alarm and it was five twenty. And I shot out of bed like a goddamn yeah. bullet. And I called my boss and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I just overslept. Like I was I, and I was yeah. out of the door in 10 minutes minimum <laughs> your yeah. maximum, you know. Um, But yeah, and that's that's specifically me like going through the additional alarms that are like, hey, make sure you wake up when I work from home. It was just a bad habit I got back into especially during the pandemic where I was constantly working from home and where it's very easy to be like, yeah, I only have enough time to like get dressed and make myself breakfast, but it's fine. I'm sitting at my desk at home and I can just eat my breakfast while I start working. Right. So, um, Nora, I'm usually just eating breakfast while I'm starting work. Nora's sad because as long as we've lived at this new place, Nora has a desk in the, in the dining room, dining room, in air quotes, Nora has a desk in there, and I sit at the coffee table on the love seat. And now I'm probably going to have to take that desk from her because I'm not going to like lean over the coffee table, yeah, all the time uh, while I'm at doing my job. Um, I also might upgrade that desk a little bit. It's a very just like basic like Walmart four legs and a you know black top. Or I guess I could just put a filing cabinet under it, and that would probably yeah. Some like shelves, like some drawers in a in a filing cabinet, and that would probably become a pretty good workspace for me. So yeah, all things I will have to figure out. I'm gonna take a week off between um, the end of this job and uh, the start of the new job, and hopefully I'll be able to figure those things out then, if not sooner. So yeah, I think I'm I I'm not sure. I might be in office like five days a week for. Yeah, well Training. They, will, they will probably start you five days a week for a little bit. I don't know yeah. how long, but probably, of... probably like my first month or so, I'll be in office five days a week, and then I'll probably go down to the three days a week. Yeah. They were saying that they're hoping that in a couple of months they can go down to fully remote, because they used to be that way, and then some some changes have happened this 
uh, this year that they've needed to go three days in office. But my, my supervisor was like, I want us to go back to fully remote. I don't like coming to the office. You don't like coming to the office. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe we can do it if there's, like, some meetings or stuff. But otherwise, like... Whereas in October, I have to go in two days a week. Yeah. Your so. your company's going in the opposite direction. They're like, we don't want these motherfuckers at home ever. Yeah. Um, even if it sounds like maybe some of your supervisors are like, no, we could stay home. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my new manager, uh, I think is less, um, I, I would just like to work from home constantly. Okay. But my old one, um, I mean, he was already like, he worked out some deal with the company where he was working part time and just had Wednesdays off because <clears throat> he, uh, had a kid already and just like had another one recently. Mm -hmm. Um, but even before the, the second kid is just like, I like want to just be home with my kid an extra day. Yeah. Not doing stuff. And I don't want to drive. I want to get off of work and then go upstairs and be able to like start dinner. Wednesday's a good day to have off. Cause then you're yeah. two days on one day off, two days on two days off. That's yeah. a good rhythm. I feel like yeah. I would, I would do anything to work four days a week. If I was staying at Starbucks, like, that was a thing I was really trying to figure out at one point this year, and I kind of gave up on it for various reasons, but I'm like, how do I work four days a week? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, like, I make less money if I do that, because they're not going to get, they're not going to give me 10-hour shifts, and I don't want 10-hour shifts at fucking Starbucks, dude. Yeah. So. Um... The fact that my manager uh, did successfully negotiate that is just a little thing in my head of like, if I reach a point where I'm just like making money and it like and it's like good enough, maybe that's the thing they consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um. Um. Okay. We have Ikoko Nikki. We have Paradise Kiss. Do we have any other life stuff to talk about? Um. Yeah, I feel like I, I I continue to be boring. I mean, I guess like the one little update is uh I feel like we've just got like my psychiatrist and I have got like basically the Adderall figured out. So That's good. Um so I I am in a bind. I was talking to my psychiatrist because if I was staying at Starbucks, my insurance was changing October 1st. I'm not staying at Starbucks. And if I'm not mistaken, my insurance at this new job will start November 1st? I could be wrong about no, that. No, I think it's it starts when your first day. Uh, that might be right. You might be right. And if that's right, then I'm all good. But I thought that if I if I read one thing correctly, I think it might start November 1st. If that's true, I might need to like be in touch with my psychiatrist to be like, "Can you give me the re-up on Lexapro like and I'll just pay for it out of pocket?" But um uh other than that, I should be fine. So Yeah. Seems like it seems like I'm in a good place with it. We had a talk and she was like, if you seem happy with where you're at, then I will see you when you have insurance again and uh we'll be good to go. Yeah. <clears throat> so Um Oh, oh. I wanna tell you about your favorite thing, real quick, may I? Okay. So I finished the Boo Saga. Yeah. What where we left off last time, I was a little bit bored of Super Boo. As you'll recall. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to report that once Kid Boo shows up, 
The end of Dragon Ball Z is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. The end of Dragon Ball Z is so good. Once Kid Buu shows up, the show just, like, picks up the... Because once Kid Buu shows up, and Kid Buu is, like, not a character. Kid Buu does not talk. Mm. Kid Buu sometimes, like, mimes being a clown, and that's kind of fun. But once you remove that character, basically, entirely, once you don't have Super Buu fucking talking anymore, because he's boring... Um, it just has to be about Vegeta and Goku doing some intense BL bullshit. Yeah. You know? Like, like, the, the, the yaoi that is happening in the final stretch of DBZ is so good. Um, and, yeah. and the bit where, like, Hercule ends up, or, not Hercule, Mr. Satan ends up being, yeah. like, um, the savior of everything, like they couldn't can't have done you it. Said a Hercule. I can't believe I said Hercule. <laughs> um, uh, like him being like, yeah, and they uh, all hail Satan. They all hail Satan. Um, to do the spirit bomb is one that's very funny, and yeah. two, it's very touching. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great moment. It's a great moment, and um, then Goku. So the, there's a very sweet moment where like. They defeat Boo, and then it cuts to, like, the whole family is at Goku's house. Like, Chi-Chi's inside making dinner, Bulma and Krillin and Yamcha, and everybody's outside, like, having some beers and chit-chatting. And um, Goku, Goten, and Trunks are taking a bath, and, like, the kids are, like, misbehaving in the bath, and then Dad goes Super Saiyan. Um, and then the kids go Super Saiyan and the bathtub explodes and it's just butt naked Goku standing at this party laughing while the kids run around also butt naked (laughs) and all of them Super Saiyans. And I'm like, that is such a sweet ending to the show. And then there's one episode after that where, um, Goku misses Bulma's birthday party. And that's also just such a sweet ending to the show. I really like that. And then after that... There's the seven year. T- <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're looking at Narissa Ravencroft fan art. You fucking liar. You've never seen Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> you don't know that. I can see her on my screen. <laughs> no, you you don't know that I've never seen Dragon Ball Z. Anyway, there's a, I think seven year time skip. It might be a 10 year time skip. Um, And... Goku um, goes and fights Oob, the reincarnation of Boo. Yeah. Uh, and it is the most unhinged thing that happens all, in all of DBZ, and I really like it as an ending because it really just highlights how Goku is actually the villain of this whole fucking franchise. <laughs> because Goku fights this one guy one time, and then he's like, All right, Chi-Chi, I found a new son. I'm going to go raise him, and I'll see you again in, I don't know, like, five years or something, and then just pieces out. Doesn't even, like, talk to her or listen to her. Um, and it's incredible. Um, uh, you were right. It is, just so you know, it is ten years. Okay. I do know that. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, it's it's such a stupid, villainous thing for Goku to do to end Dragon Ball Z. What an incredible move on Toriyama's part. Um, and then I watched the first season of Dragon Ball Super, um, which... You know what people say about that one? What is... What's that? It's Super. People don't <laughs> say that. People... I know. People hate it. People... They're wrong. People... You haven't seen it! 
You just see me tweet about it. <laughs> They're wrong. It is super. <laughs> it's great. So granted, I have not seen Battle of Gods, the film, um, because it was easier for me to fit uh, uh, anime into my schedule this week than um, a uh, movie. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, also, I guess Battle of Gods, the movie, might fall under struck work. Yeah, my unclear that had theatrical showings, you know. Um, yeah. So maybe I shouldn't talk about Dragon Ball Super in general. I don't know. DBZ feels safe to talk about. That's like '90s anime, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I will. I will just say that I really, 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 really loved season one of Dragon Ball Super. I thought it was. So I I thought it was just perfect in every way. To be honest with you, I think it like the tone of that show is perfect. Um, I'm very excited for if if the rest of the show is as chill and relaxing as this, and all the people on the internet who say that it's bad because it's not serious and fighting enough are They're stupid. They're fucking insane. People who are complaining that Gohan doesn't get things to do, bro, chill. Gohan doesn't want to be a fighter. I don't know yeah. how many times he has to say it. <laughs> anyway. We watched Paracus. I was just going to say, I don't know what this bit is that you keep doing about how I haven't watched any Dragon Ball. We watched four episodes of Paracus. We did. And we read two volumes of Ikoko Nikki. Do you have a preference about which we would talk about first? I mean, I feel like normally you talk about the things that aren't the main segment first. Okay. So we should do Paracus first. Yeah. You obviously have read and done two podcasts about Paracus. Uh, I've only done one. Okay, you've only done the Manga Cafe. Yeah. Um, Nana, I've done the Manga Cafe, the New Year special, and now we're starting season 14 of Ghost Divers, which is on Nana. um, I forget if it was in the intro episode or the first discussion episode. Where I do the joke of, uh, what, I, what what do you call it when you have two Nanas? I don't know. What do you call it? Season 14 of Ghost Divers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, um, so yeah, we watched, I have not read Paracus. I have, I have listened to the beach house about the anime. I have listened to the manga cafe about it. And I have listened to, I feel like I've listened to three podcasts about Paracus in my life, but maybe it's just the two. Maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's like, is there a beach house about the anime and a beach house about the manga, perhaps? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I listen to the beach house and I listen to the manga cafe. And so in theory, I know what happens in Paracus, like in theory, but I don't actually really remember. I know one big thing that happens at the end. Which is how I feel, like, I know one big thing that happens at the end of Nana. I feel like this happens to me a lot, where I know a big end thing, but I don't actually know that much about the middle, and that's, like, what matters. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're four episodes into the anime, and I'm <clears throat> really, really enjoying it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an OVA, mm-hmm. so th- this, like, explains... <clears throat> to some degree, what I'm going to say. Because just OVAs are going to have, like, a different budget for the animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but me watching it, I'm also thinking about the Nana anime, mm-hmm. which is just, it was like a, you know, anime that run ran for like 50 episodes. Right. <clears throat> um, and has like the clip show episodes, because you just got to buy some time while you're doing more animation. They do the clip show episodes as Junko rooms. Uh-huh. Junko's rooms. Oh, are, that's are, clever. Is a good like way that. to do it. Um and they have like a little bit of extra animation that's like in the little Junko's room uh-huh. bar and stuff. <clears throat> um but like the animation quality in the non-anime is just lower. Uh-huh. And I think also and probably related to you're just trying to like put this show out. There's far more I feel like sticking to the manga itself as like storyboards mm. in a sense. A lot of stuff is like very, very close to like how it's presented mm-hmm. in the manga. Um, and it's a very like direct, uh, you know, adaptation in that sense. I think paradise kiss is a, is like a better animation or a better adaptation some of that is they just have the, the animation budget, but then some of it is also because they have that. They are doing things that don't actually happen that much in the manga in terms of like, mm-hmm. like there's like additional stylistic things that they're doing. Like there's the transitions yeah, where you've got like the flowers or the like it's weird very, dolls. It's a very stylish show. <clears throat> and even if that style is not Yazawa Ai's style, it feels very, like, in touch with her style. Yeah, and so it feels like it's, like, adapting something about what her style's doing with manga to more of an anime thing. Yeah, it's bringing the spirit of her manga, even if it's not literally, you know. Yeah. And so then there's, like, like the beginnings often have, like, weird, uh, you know, alien creatures or, like, you know, cartoony animals and mm-hmm. whatever in, like, modern day, you know, just, like, scenes of, of Tokyo. It, Which is not in the the manga, but having that, like, we put filters over, like, a photograph of Tokyo, and then we're drawing stuff in it, is very Yazawa Ai in and of yes, itself. Yes, that is how she <clears throat> does backgrounds. That is yeah. how, like, the, the Nana apartment building is presented. That is how Tokyo is presented, Yeah, you know? But, like, the, the Paradise Kiss anime will have more stuff where we'll cut it aside to, like... And this is just a common thing in in anime in particular. It happens in manga. It kind of came out of manga. But it also came out of, like, Japanese cinema. And especially, I think it's, like, utilized a lot in anime because it's a thing you're borrowing from these other styles that does evoke and give you information, but also notably cuts down on how many things you have to draw, mm-hmm. which is the, you cut away to a detail of the room or whatever that might tell you something about what's going on in the space. But that also means you don't have to, like, draw them all moving during mm. a conversation. Right, right. You know, everybody, the most, like, uh, infamous example of this, or famous example, being, like, the whole conversation between Misato and Kaji, where you just see, like, the, like, alcohol and, like, cigarettes and stuff right, after they yeah. had sex, and it's, like, just that the entire time. Yeah. Um. So it is, like, a cost-cutting thing, but it's also a cost-cutting thing that has specific roots in, like, normal cinematic language of ways to, like, convey more information about a space and the people in it. Um, and I feel like they employ that in this, and it's in a way that's, like, uh, 
that that works and is like helpful for it. But it's also a thing that I don't associate with Yuzawa's eye Yuzawa eye style until like late volumes of Nana, where she start like the pace picks up because she is drawing more panels that are just like here's Yasu sitting quietly holding a cigarette in the middle of this conversation or whatever. Yeah. There, or like, there was here's one... like the thing, the like cans or whatever on the, the table. We watched episodes three and four yesterday and there was one that jumped out at me. That's like this long shot of, um, what's his name? Yakumori. Um, the, the, the like very normal boy that she has a crush on that Yukari has a crush on. Yeah. Ya- Yakumori or something like that. Um, I always forget the Paradise Kiss characters' names so much more. Some of it is that, like, all of them have, like, another nickname. Anyway, um, he's in class, and you get this long shot that's just the back of his head and other characters talking. Um, and I I noticed I'm like... Tokamori. Yeah. Um, I noticed I'm like, we're really lingering on the back of his head while other people talk so that we don't have to draw lips moving. But also... It's because other people are talking about him where he can hear, but maybe yeah. they think he can't hear, you know, like and there's then an in effect like, that comes in out the same it. episode or like maybe the episode before or after or whatever. There's also like a part of like George talking where they're like animating the jaw moving as well, which is, you know, uh-huh. usually the cost cutting technique is like you have the static face and you're just drawing a like mouth moving on top of it. Mm-hmm. And the like more advanced or like more intensive or like putting more love into this animation is you'll also have the jaw moving uh-huh. as part of it. Uh-huh. Um, so this is one of the things about Redline because Redline's always going to like fucking have the jaw moving and shit. Right, right. You know, because um, it's just like that intensely about loving animation and mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But and so they, they'll have that with like George where he's like being charming and they're like putting more animation into the way that he's moving and talking. To, like, emphasize that. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, I love George. He's terrible. Yeah. He's... I don't know... I don't know, like... uh, These... George and Hannibal are linked in my mind because I know they're two men that M has a crush on, you know? (laughs) But also, I see the, the similarity between them. But whereas Hannibal knows... That he's doing things, Hannibal from the TV show Hannibal, to be clear. Yeah. Which is struck work, and so maybe I should drop it. Maybe. George is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think George always is aware of how manipulative he's being. Yeah. You know? He certainly... And this is, I think, I feel like Em and I have talked about this on some podcasts, but like one of the, also the key differences... Because there are ways where George is kind of an asshole and manipulative in ways that are, like, similar to talk me. Mm-hmm. But one, I think that George is just more charming. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say that yes. first before yes. anything else. Yes. But two, there is there's more, like, talk me is old enough that he should know better. Yes. And there, there is an immaturity to George to me. There, there's both like a maturity in the way they present themselves and things, but there's an immaturity to the way that he sometimes interacts with these people where this is also a thing that I talk about with like Utena all the time where, um, 
you know, Akio is at a level where it's like more unforgivable. Yes. But then why am I drawing a blank on the red hair and blue hair boy? Uh, Toga and uh, fuck. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, it's it's with a K, I think. It's like Sionji or something. It's Sionji. It's Sionji. Okay. Yes. Um, they there's more hope for them to like grow out of this. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, and what what Takumi wants? Takumi wants Nana and um Layla to be wrapped around his little finger. That is what he wants, and he is acting in ways to like bend women to his will. Yeah. George wants to be the center of attention and doesn't necessarily understand that by being the center of attention, he is forcing everybody else to do what he wants all the time, you know, and being rude, being a jerk and sort of like not having space for his people around him to have feelings, you know? Yeah. Um, there, there is such a difference in motive between Takami and George that is, like, the difference that, like, makes, like, what Takami is doing is cruel on purpose, and what George is doing is being inconsiderate. Hopefully, he will realize as he gets older that, like, this is, like, doing this is a way to make myself very lonely long term. Yeah. Because I won't always have the friends like I have in high school, you know? Yeah. Um. Also, I'm four episodes in, so maybe I'm like talking. Why? Like, I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll have we'll have deeper takes about I think the characters as we get in. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, as somebody who's who's recorded about the manga, mm-hmm. for me, the the biggest thing I'm just enjoying is like, oh, how are they adapting this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um. And there there is a certain like. I could see, mm, I still don't know if this is entirely true, but like if I came to Nana and Paradise Kiss through the animes rather than the manga, I think it would be less immediately clear cut to me that like, this is the one that I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, some of that is also like, it gets into it in that it starts getting into it in the anime, but like some of the stuff that I, I really deeply love about Nana is like late volume stuff where like Osaki Nana becomes more of the focal character and you get more of like what's going on with her and her interiority and her like trauma and difficulty dealing with that stuff and all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that hits a lot closer to home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get some of it in the, in the show, but the show's like, I don't know if you've gone to like the fireworks where they go to the fire. They see the actual fireworks, not they do the little ones on the bank. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I, that's where the anime ends. There's a there's a fireworks scene in Nana where they're doing the sparklers, and yeah. there's a fireworks scene in Yotsuba, and there's a and and things are blurring together in my head about what's what. The one other thing I'll say that will maybe. So, yeah, there's the fireworks scene in Nana where they're, like, supposed to do the fireworks, but then the, the uh, tsunami or whatever comes. Uh-huh. Um, I forget what weather event it is. But there's some sort of, like, you know, heavy rains, like monsoon or something. 
Um, and so the fireworks get canceled and then like, they're still want to do it. So they like run through the rain and they like buy the firecrackers and sparklers and stuff. And like half of it's wet and won't even light. And they're like on the bank after the storm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later there's like, they're going to, the city is going to do the fireworks that they weren't able to do because of the storm later in the year. And then there's a part where they all go. Okay. Um, and at that point, like Blast is more well known, so they all go in disguises. That's the other detail that you okay. would, would probably remember, remember as everybody in. I don't remember this then. And not not to spoil more, but uh, Shin dresses up as a girl. So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. I just brought that up because I figured that would be a detail that you would remember. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I remember when Shin was a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I should get back to Nana soon. I'm. I talked about Poclan a little bit on um, Coffee and Comic Books, and I probably won't talk about it here because I might try to get you to read Poclan with me sometime in the near future. Yeah, there's like two possible ways it would happen. Yeah. Um, there's either like the near future or the very far-flung future. So, um, Yeah, after we do Code Geese. <laughs> um, you know what? We we could talk about divey ideas later. You know what? To 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 be clear, uh, Connor has thought about the idea of his his next pick. Uh huh. So we're we're doing the Nana manga, then we're gonna do Berserk, the anime. Uh huh. And then, uh, it would be Connor's pick again, and he's thought about doing code code Gias Geese mm-hmm. Yes. Geass. Yes. But it's funny to say geese because then I think of geese. <laughs> Which is a King of Fighters yes. reference for people who don't know. It's a Tekken 7 reference, actually. Fuck you. D- Geese Howard from Tekken 7. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would get that response out of you by just... <laughs> Tekken's fine, but it's no King of Fighters. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's for goddamn sure. Anyway. Um... Uh, Mark Pericus thoughts. Um, I guess the the other thing, well, because we were on like other stuff beyond. Yeah. Um, this is the thing that I was realizing that I figure I'll just stay on the podcast now. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh huh. Which is one, I haven't been like super movie moded because we haven't been watching movies because we don't really have time. Like, if we do have a time when you can stay up late, mm-hmm. we probably just have to record. Mm-hmm. So then often we're just, like, watching an episode or two of, of Paracus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, like, I'm not watching movies in that way already. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't been watching at work. And some of it is I'm, like, realizing that probably there is an amount of multitasking that I did constantly at work. There was me having ADHD and I needed to find the, the proper balance of constant like things to Stimulus. bounce my, my focus between to like stay focused uh-huh. enough to get work done. But I was probably like always kind of distracted mm-hmm. and I was just finding a way that I could be constantly distracted, but where like it's right next to my work and then I like bounce back to it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on Adderall and. There's like podcasts. This is the thing where I really noticed it. There are pod like I used to be able to listen to Friends at the Table and work. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that anymore. 
Uh, I tried to do that with like a recent episode and I was like, I have to re-listen to that while I'm doing dishes because I have no fucking clue what happened in that episode. There there are podcasts I can listen to while I work, but most podcasts I have to, if I'm typing, I have to pause them, you know, Um, or reading. I I feel like like I I still can't, but the the most like VoIP life. VoIP Life is a fantastic, even with, like, I can focus better on work podcast, because it's just Emin Jackson bullshitting and talking about stuff, and it's interesting, but if I miss, like, ten minutes, it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're talking about Kingdom Hearts or something, like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, They don't have to, like, follow a plot, but that was the thing, I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I could do, like, shows or movies anymore while I'm working. Yeah. You know? I've been putting on a lot of uh, Narissa Ravencroft streams because it's like basically background noise. I'm barely paying attention to the screen and what's happening on it. Mm. Um, I'm mostly just listening to like her talking with chat and especially if she's playing a game, it's like there's lots of still like silence in there because games happening, you know? Yeah. So that's like become my like that and music like. VTuber streams and music have just become my work thing because mm-hmm. it's the most like I can just zone out into my work and not notice it for like 15 minutes and I do not care. So. I'm noticing, um, you know, I don't want to talk about struck work, so I'll try to dance around some things a little bit. I, I follow the Criterion channel on Twitter they tweet out like movie recommendations and stuff. And I've been noticing a little more often lately, like, Oh, that's catching my eye. Oh, that does sound kind of good. Whereas for a while I was just like scrolling right past those tweets. Whereas like just today I saw them recommending a movie and it's probably not struck work. It's probably, it was like a British film. So it was probably fine for me to talk about. The event is going to be co-productions, but yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm just like, yeah, I like, there's things that, like, I can feel the movie stuff starting to turn in my brain again, where that mood might come back around, but it's also getting a little bit negated by, I really enjoy talking about manga on podcasts. I can talk about manga on podcasts. Yeah. If I watch a movie that I enjoy, I don't have an outlet to talk about it right now, <laughs> and so it sort of nips the interest in the bud. And yeah. so I'm starting to keep a little note on my phone of just, like, that sounded interesting, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, the definitely the even if I watch something I can't talk about it on a podcast is still just a thing that has like influenced my media behavior because there is a certain amount to which like I do something and I'm like, "Oh, I can then like use this for podcasts." Well, it's, it's like a thing that to to a certain degree helps motivate me to not just have indecision like I sit down what am I going to do with the rest of my night? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Because now I'm like, oh, I should, like, read something or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also, I do just like talking about the things. Like, th- at the end of the day, even if it wasn't yeah. the podcast, I like talking about the movies or the manga you, or whatever with you, with yeah. Nora, you know? You uh, babysat for Emily and I so that we could go to a movie, and I'm, like, annoyed that I can't talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. But I'm not going to. Yeah. But I'm annoyed I can't. That is like maximum. You shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Extremely, it's extremely struck work. The most struck work can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
by the time the strike's probably over, my the actual like nugget of criticism. That, do you remember that time where I watched? Um, this is like a Japanese film that was made for TV, so I know it's in no way struck work. But I watched that like fireworks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I got really mad at the anime adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this moment where I felt like I still had the anger at the thing, but I was like losing the like details that I was angry about. And so I wrote out and read it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would have to do that about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not like angry in the same way, but yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Ikoko Nikki? Sure. Um, Ikoko. Ikoko. Ikoku. Wait, did you say Ikoko? I think I said Ikoko. I thought you said Ikoku. Ikoku Nikki. Ikoku Nikki. Different country diary, as Takiomi is fond of telling me. Um, I will will say, I do think this translation is pretty good, but there's definitely some moments where I'm like, oh yeah, this is a... There were a couple spelling errors. Yeah. Like, there was a, there was a... No K N O W that got translate that got written as K O N W. My mind did the same thing today, where it just turned itself off, even though it had like eighty seven percent battery. This time I remembered to bring in my tablet in case we want to reference stuff. That's good. Um, These well, there's been a few things too where where I'm aware, like there are some parts where I think they're being because Japanese is a language where you don't have to like use pronouns to refer to things as often. Uh And so there was like some moments where I think the, whoever was translating was aware of the ambiguity Uh in a statement and then tended towards just making it. They, even though I think contextually it still would have been the character they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like there's the part where you get like the short bit of writing, uh, that like, Oh, she's the, working on with like the, Thor. Yeah, the, and then there's a part where it switches to they, but I think that sentence is still talking about Thor. That, and it's probably just the language is ambiguous enough, and the translator was like, "I don't know, you know, there's this ambiguity here." I could um, not follow that like light novel translation thing. Yeah, um, and th- there's just been a few other things where I know like just enough about like structure in Japanese. Um, it does this sometimes too. It does, like, yeah. I don't. I can't find your SD card, and then it immediately has access. You to it. you have Google Play on here. Yeah, Rem- I'm gonna need you to remind me how to do that at some point because I used to have Google Play on here, and it doesn't work anymore. Um. Um. And yeah, like the different land diary, or whatever. Yeah, I feel like it'd just be like diary of a different land or diary. Of- I've seen it done as diary of a strange land. Uh huh. I, I just feel like in English it'd be normal. Like more uh, natural to say, like diary of. Yeah, um, it's little things like that where where there's a part of me that hopes that this gets an official, like localization translation and stuff. It's one of those things. Knowing the bit that I know about um, manga translation, I feel very low hope that this will get a proper translation. Yeah, um, just because I know. That people who license manga to be produced in the U.S. will see that there is a popular fan fan translation of a work, particularly of a like niche work like a shojo sort of thing. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Well," and I don't think this is incorrect. I think this logic probably follows. 
the people who are most likely to buy our books are the people who have already read the fan translation. Yeah. And so, like, those people, like, we either have to count on them wanting to reread or just wanting to support the um, book, whereas we could go license this other thing that is less niche or doesn't have a fan translation or whatever it is um, that people will be reading for the first time. And that is a much easier way to draw people in, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel very little hope that this will get translated, but I, I hope that it does happen. That would be very nice. Um, I liked these two volumes a lot, 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 lot more. Um, I also, full disclosure, did an episode of Coffee and Comic Books today where we broke down Page by fucking page. Five, no, six volumes of Hunter Hunter. Because that's what we do on that podcast now. Like, yeah. if, if, like, did you listen to the Orion episode of that podcast? Um, yeah. That's like, Rick and I spent two and a half hours telling you every single thing that happens in Orion. And that's kind of the rhythm we've fallen into, where we just go through a book page by page and just yeah. talk about it and summarize. And Whereas I know that the first uh, discussion episode for Nana hasn't come out yet. Just a little taste for people who are mm-hmm. going to listen along to that and and just want a little preview. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going page by page and talking about things, but we do have a conversation that... It, I, I'm going to say this, and this might be an underestimate. We spend like 15 to 20 minutes talking about literally two panels. Yes. Which and, is, and, and one panel, I go into an extended thing comparing it to the way that new time type stuff is done in first Gundam. That's just where that podcast is at. <laughs> well, and that's closer to what you and I do on stairwells and yeah. non homophobia zone where we go broad strokes and then we drill down on a couple like scenes moments panels that we like yeah but we don't we don't summarize like this and but but because i was doing coffee and comic books today i feel the pull to just go like chapter by chapter through this and be like chapter six this happens and that was one thing doing the first discussion episode for nana that was so fucking nice is especially that because it wasn't on a tablet either i literally just had the book in my hands i to be able to just flip around and look at shit while i'm on the podcast oh my god so for um for Hunter Hunter today, because the first time I was basically relying on Rick was sending me a ton of images so that we could talk about things. This today's episodes of Hunter Hunter that we did, I had each volume open in a different tab on my computer, which was so nice because then I could just hold the left button and like flip through very quickly. Yeah. And then for our next our next part in my fist. I bought volumes three and four of Fist of the North Star, and by the time we get to volume five, I will be buying volume five, um, so that I will have a physical book in front of me when we're doing yeah. the podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's half the reason I bought those books. Yeah. The guy at the comic book store was like, well, we don't have volume one and two in. Is that okay? And I'm like, no, 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 because I, I told him, I'm like, I need to podcast about these two in the next two weeks, and so I want a physical book. I yeah. can get one and two later. <laughs> Yeah. I did have him order me one and two. <laughs> um, anyway. anyway, Ikoku Nikki. Yeah. 
Uh, I like these two volumes. It, yeah, you know, I, I expressed before the like fear that it wasn't, it wasn't going to get be, like beyond this just sort of slice of life. There's like some sort of sadness uh, underneath the surface. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think it's going to stay in this mode. But if it did, it would be very disappointing. Yes. Um, and this. Did convince me it's going to keep going deeper. The, 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 this, these two volumes felt like the, the frog is starting to get a little warm, you know? Yeah. You know? Um, um, that I I feel like I stacked two idioms on top of each other in that sentence, and I hope people understood what I meant. (laughs) I hope people know about boiling frogs. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Um, do we need to do like broad strokes? Um, yeah. Which which one's chapter six? We'll just like So chapter six, they go to the the house to yes. clean it out. Yes, they go to the um, old house. And Machio they, they basically divide up and some of it is Machio being like, I'm gonna go into your parents' room so that I'm the one who's like going through the nightstand and finding the condoms. Yes. That's um, not what she says, but yeah, that's but basically that's, what she yeah, says. Yeah. She's more like, Oh, why don't you like, you know, you already sort of did your room, but like check out your room, like go to the kitchen, see if there's stuff that yeah. you want. Like err on the side of don't throw things out. You know, yeah. we can get a storage unit. Like I want to make sure that you don't. At first, like... it's like, you know, oh, take stuff that like, you know, that you like that you have an attachment for that you would have use for, mm, but like don't get so much because I have a small place we can't put it in. It. And then, like, having that realization in the middle of, like, I don't want to tell this person to throw out stuff they care about and being like, if we have to get a storage unit, we'll get a storage unit. There's also, also after that, uh, Asa is just like, don't worry, we don't own many plates, you know? Yeah. And you get the, like, like, uh, Makio is like, damn, my sister didn't have worldly possessions, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I I liked this chapter, um, especially like the bit where Makio takes out some trash and she walks back in and she's sort of like f- starting to feel the closure of like her sister is gone. Um, this house will soon not be their house, you know. Yeah, um, but there, and it also seems like it's this weird moment of like, um, there is like a certain amount of closure, but there's also that moment of like seeing the view that like her sister would have seen while taking out the trash every time mm-hmm. and stuff. This like degree of awareness of her sister's life that she just hasn't had for a while. Mm-hmm. And like both of them are happening si- simultaneously. Yes. Yes. Um, also, the the like detail with the pickles is a good one. What's the pickles one? There's like the pickles in the fridge and they're like, oh, this probably is fine because it's pickles. You know, mm-hmm. like that wouldn't have gone bad. Right. Um, and then also is talking about like, oh, yeah, like mom would chop them up and mix them with rice and then like put it on, like scatter it over sashimi. And then it's like deconstructed tofu or, or de- deconstructed sushi or whatever. And she's uh-huh. like, oh, that sounds good. Bring the pickles. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like this little moment. Of, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, that, that was one where. Um, I read that and I, I enjoyed the chapter a lot, but it was also a little bit more like still online with volume one. Yeah. I um, believe, let me just check my text to you from earlier today. Um, do, 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 uh, just making sure I have the right thing in my head. Yeah. Uh, where did I find this? 
Chapter seven, brackets, chapter seven in Vicoco Nikki. Finally, some fucking food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so chapter seven uh-huh. is... Um, the middle school graduation yeah, ceremony. Yeah, also goes to the middle school graduation ceremony, finds out that her friend... Um, I'm drawing a blank on her Emery. name. Emery. Emery. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be Emily. Emily, yeah. Yeah. Emery. Yeah. Yeah. I was unclear. Um... That she told her mom at some point about what happened. Her mom notified the school. Yes. And then the school told everybody that her parents died. Yes. Um, and she, like, Asa basically, like, explodes. Um, yes. And storms off, doesn't go to the graduation. Uh-huh. Like, you know, yells at the teacher and stuff. Mm-hmm. Says, I hate you to Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. Uh-huh. Um disassociates and gets lost coming back home. Yeah, it um, goes to, like, you know, her parents' house rather than, like, going to... Right, yeah, um, yeah. To Machio's, you know, just the, like, the habit of, like, you walk the route that you know. Yeah. Um. Um. This is good. This is such a good chapter. There's more stuff that's gonna happen here, but is there anything, like, in the blow-up that you want to hone in on specifically? I don't have anything, necessarily. Um... But this was, like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, we're going to get it. (laughs) Yeah, especially because uh, up until this point, there's been, and it's in a way that feels, like, natural that, especially in the beginning, there'd be this, like, certain numbness and just, like, uh, uh, like, quietness of, like, not fully processing still what's happened and everything. Well, but to, and, to and have this moment of like all that has resulted in it's been a manga where I'm not there. There's been conflict, but it's been very like light conflict. Uh huh. Um, there hasn't been this sort of intensity of emotion. Uh huh. Really, um, it's been a lot of like the awkwardness of trying to figure out how to communicate with somebody. Um, and it hasn't come to this point where like something would explode or yeah. there would be this like bigger confrontation. Well, and it's so good because you you realize that maybe that numbness was spurred on by she's in this different environment. You know, Asa hasn't been back to school, has been living in a different home. And so maybe that's sort of like allowed her to be this. And now she's back at her old school and she's in something familiar. And that's what sort of like allows her to have the big feeling all of a sudden, you yeah. know? Um, and also it's a certain amount of like, here's this person who's like functionally a stranger, but he's like sympathetic and kind of like wants to take care of you and help out. Mm-hmm. And that's so much different than like all the other social expectations that exist in like being a kid going to school or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, the big thing that she blows up over is, like, well, now everybody's just going to remem- remember me as, like, that girl whose parents died in a car crash. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, probably true, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh, and so from here, from where we left off, um, this is still Chapter 7, um, she gets back to uh, Machio's place. And, um, like, Machio is like, hey, you're cold. Let me give you, like, like, just put your feet in warm water. I mean, like, is about to text being like, hey, where are you? Did you, like, go out 
to eat with friends or something. And then Makio comes home uh-huh. or Asa comes home clearly like a little bit upset. Yeah. Um, and I like this moment too, where it's, you know, Asa's like nothing, like, you know, snapping, shut up. Uh-huh. Makio's like, look, like we live in really close proximity here because it's a small place. Mm-hmm. And also it's like my job to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just like not tell me at all what's happening when there's like clearly an issue. You're right. <laughs> um, and so she gets uh like she takes a little like warm foot bath um and it helps calm her down. Oh, this is this is chapter eight. Okay. Um No, it's like right before. It's okay. like leading into but Okay, okay, okay. But then yeah, chapter eight is like most of the actual conversation. Um and Basically, a, th- a thing that's set-, set up in Chapter 7 that is such a lovely little detail, and then it gets, like, paid off in Chapter 8, is that we keep seeing, like, Asa's lock screen, and she has line messages from Emery. Um, and the last one that we see, I, I either in Chapter 7 or Chapter 8, is, um, like, hey, you don't have to respond, but please at least leave me on red. You know, yeah. and you realize that we've been seeing these on the lock screen because, like, she's not even leaving um, Emily on red, which is, like, so sad, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Makio, even without knowing what that message said, she's like, hey, you should probably leave Emily on red. Yeah. <laughs> so that she knows that you're, like, safe. Or you know? one thing, I, I wonder if there's, like, some, I feel like sometimes the manga will skip past conversations about something that we've kind of seen. Mm. that like we've seen that she's left on red we then don't get asa saying it to makio we skip past that to the mm. makio responding mm-hmm. um that's also possible but yeah um we also get a little bit of like we learn that uh nanachan i forget like daigo or whatever yeah yeah um that uh like makio and and her go back to like when they're basically Asa's age. Yeah. They they um, were they were in middle school and high school together. Yeah. Um and uh Asa is like, when did you know that you and Nana would be friends forever? And Makio is like, I don't I don't know, dude. That's not <laughs> what there's not like a day where I got a certificate that said we're gonna be friends for the rest of our life. <laughs> yeah. Uh but then there's a certain amount of like uh, Makio gets this text with like this funny picture um, that Daigo sends of like her in a dress um, and it's like clearly like there's some sort of in joke happening where Makio's laughing a bunch at it and Asa's like why are you showing me this picture? <laughs> yeah I, I think the I think the joke is just like Oh, is this outfit like too slutty for me? Basically, yeah. And 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 it being like, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's well, way you too. <laughs> you don't wear stuff like that. Yeah, and and Asa is just like, I met this person once. Maybe she just dresses slutty like that sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then after that, has this moment where it's like not necessarily. It's not contradicting the answer of like you don't really know when you're going to be friends forever with somebody. Uh-huh. Like that's just a thing that kind of happens. But it does have this moment of like. Oh yeah, when we like graduated, mm-hmm. then she gave me this letter that was basically like, you know, if if you hadn't been around, I wouldn't have been able to keep breathing through these six years. So thank you, here's mm-hmm. to many more. Mm-hmm. The, which is this moment of like, oh, this is a friendship that is like meaningful. Is maybe the moment where you realize that the thing where you're gonna be friends forever has already happened. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and is like also doing it. But there's like a lot of like I like this chapter in particular because there's a lot of Machio trying to open up to, uh-huh. to Asa, but uh-huh. also in this way that's like slightly clumsy. Mm-hmm. And it's like l- going like too far into casual suddenly. Yes. Where Asa's yes. like, what is happening? <laughs> yes. Machio has no idea how to talk to child. You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. No, Machio only knows how to talk to Asa like she's also 30, you know? Yeah. Um, and understands social situations, you know? Yeah. Um, which I think is also setting us up for, like, we are going to get Makio over the next couple of chapters closing herself off in a big way. Like, yeah. I tried to open up, uh, that's hard, and now I'm shutting down in a big way on you, you know? Yeah. Um. Um. One thing that comes up here and, and recurs as well is uh, the, like, pizza being a special thing. Uh-huh. It's, like, just a, a detail. Uh-huh. Yeah, It's, like, only too. for special occasions. Yeah. You don't, you don't, it's fucking Tuesday. You ain't getting pizza. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, um, I do wish that we at least saw, like, a brief scene of, because this is the part where uh, Emery and her mom is going to come over, mm. um, and Machio's, like, uh, I have to like meet a I don't, a mom. <laughs> yeah, and I wish we got that scene. Yeah. Um, well, I think it feels like it's supposed to be just like a a like stopping yeah, okay, by okay, briefly. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Because then we do also get later, Emery comes to hang out. Yeah. Um, and there's also bits where um, like, well, we'll get we'll get there in a moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the the next chapter. I was about to describe the next chapter as uh, Asa has Fujo brain, but then I remember this is a straight relationship. <laughs> <laughs> she, Asa, so basically, um, the the ex-boyfriend, um, yeah. who, God, I don't remember his name, Kasumi? Um, Kasumachi. Kasumachi. Um, Kasumachi comes over and Asa definitely starts to think to herself, these are my new mom and dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> which is like, but well, okay. There's a couple things happening here. One, I like the the way that this book can bounce back and forth between Asa is the focal character this chapter, Makio is the focal character this chapter, and like when we get access to like one of their interiority, we don't necessarily get access to the others for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I like the way they bounce back and forth. Um. And I like that I can still kind of, like, we don't necessarily get in here what Asa is thinking. We mostly are getting what Makio is thinking about having her ex-boyfriend keeps hanging around, and she has this kid hanging around here now. Um, Like, this is mostly about Makio, I think. But I can read between the lines, and I can tell that Asa's like, I have a new dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, I was flipping through too, and I forgot the detail that um, there's the thing of left alone for their first ever meeting of like the, the phone call in the meeting was that we saw already with Makio. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was like when Makio talked to him before that was at a cafe. So Asa yeah. has not met this man before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so is also asking questions of like, so are you dating? <laughs> uh, no, well, I mean, uh, not currently. But like, what we is, might. What is, what, is, what does not currently mean? Well, so for a while we were friends and then we were dating and now we're friends again. And I just don't like, we're friends right now. 
but like you you don't know how things are going to change in the future. I'm not saying they're going, <laughs> but you don't know how they're going to change. And she's like, ah, okay, you're going to date again. <laughs> you're going to be my new dad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then and then she's like, so why'd you break up? And he's like, okay. <laughs> We're doing this. I just met you. Um, but we do get the because there's a part after he leaves where then mm-hmm. she asks Machio, "Why did you break up?" And both of them are like, "Oh, it was my fault." Uh huh. So this is also where you could see the gears turning in Asa's head. Is like, why are adults so complicated? Yeah. <laughs> why? I thought when I was their age, I would just understand my life, and I like what? <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? Um. It was his fault or it was her fault. How is it both? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I also think is, like, this manga will often have these things where someone will say something and then you'll get this, like, brief flashback to some other thing mm-hmm. that's, like, giving you the, like, what's yes. the thing that's being brought up by this? Yeah, like, what is the, the traumatic thing being triggered? Or not even yeah. traumatic. Like, what is the memory in general? Yeah. And so I think first you find out that, like, he blames himself. Uh-huh. But then you get the thing of her sort of, like, casually saying, looks like the idiot flowers already bloomed. And then he has this memory of, like, uh, her yelling at him, which seems to be, like, a breakup thing. Because her, like, around the breakup. Cause yeah. Because she then has the same memory. Mm-hmm. But, like, from the other angle as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you get, like, some details about, like... The way that both of them were hurt in that moment. Uh huh. Um, I also love the way that um, the manga does um, memory because there's often like lots of details that get blurred out in memories, and there's often like memories that come up quite a bit, and so you see them sort of develop a little bit. You know? Yeah. Um, we see this same panel of like from Makio and Kasamachi's breakup, like, multiple times. And so we understand yeah. that that is a significant memory for him, you know? Yeah. Even if it is emblematic of some other bigger thing. Yes. Even, it, like, like uh, those memories fit into a larger puzzle piece of a broken yeah. relationship. Um, Not to, like, get into other bigger memories, but one memory I have constantly was when I was a kid... Um. I wanted to push, and I don't know exactly, I mean, I, I was, like, old enough to be able to push the shopping cart. Uh-huh. But I wanted to push it while I was, like, shopping with my dad. And then he kept stopping, but I wasn't very good at pushing a shopping cart, and so I kept running into his heels with it. Uh-huh. And then after it happened a couple of times, he, like, turned around and yelled at me uh-huh. for doing that. And that's just, like, a small moment. But yeah. for some reason, that is a memory I have a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. So... Um, I think this is how memory works for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Um, we also get... Um, oh, we get a little bit of backstory with him as well. Yeah. And um, his own sort of, like, domineering parents and how he sort of is like his domineering parents or he's worried that he's like them. I don't know that he actually is, but he seem, he worries about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like there was a way that... Because there's, I forget the exact details of the conversation, but they have something where, like, Machio notes that, like, yeah, there's ways that you are like your mom or mm-hmm. whatever about this stuff towards me. And he's like, why didn't you tell me that so that I could work on it earlier? Because <laughs> I figured that out years later. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, there is a hint that like maybe he's not like maybe he he has become more aware and tried to work on that. Yeah, yeah. Sense, but that maybe that was part of their own relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um. We also get in here like more memories of um Makio's sister, Asa's mother. Um, and yeah, she seems to be really cruel to Makio, at least yeah. in Makio's memory. You know, who knows yeah. how? You know. Yeah. We can get to some of the Asa stuff. Yeah. I think that happens more in the the well, also, third like, volume. Who knows how her sister would have portrayed it. Maybe her sister yeah. thought that she was just being kind or whatever, you know. Yeah. But to to Makio's memory, it seems very traumatic, you know. Um anyway, chapter ten, uh they So they found out that the Asa has to like bring a school lunch, like bring like a lunch box. Yes. Uh, so they get like a bento box. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the little detail of like the, the box comes from Amazon Mm -hmm. with like the big one. And Makio's like, this is huge. And Asa's like, you're the one that we went shopping. We're like, why are all these tiny? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, and then suddenly, uh, Makio's like, oh shit, I gotta go somewhere. Um, and then goes and hangs out with like uh Nanachan and then like two other yeah. old school friends. Yeah. Um who are like, We always love when you come hang out, Makio. We go like skiing and you never come. Or you come like every now and then. You come once every couple years. Yeah. And joking around about being like, you know, for for Makio, it's like uh so like social meter like one person two person three person four person full up and then like uh nana sean's like mm, it's like one person full up <laughs> <laughs> um which this is such a good setup for like sort of the breakdown that maki is about to have over the next couple of chapters yeah um and it's it's so like i really like this scene because um, you can see, like, Makio is, like, talking about having a kid. And her friends are like, oh, that's so cute. How good, how nice for you. You know, it seems like you're really taking on a lot of responsibility. We're very proud of you. Things like that. And Makio's perception of it is so different because she's so hung up on her relationship with her sister and seeing her sister in Asa. You know, yeah, and there's like stuff that she's like a little worried about or preoccupied with, but her her friends are like, it seems like you're doing a good job, you yeah. know. Well, and I think one like moment in here and thing that's like probably going to be more important to the stuff with Makio overall is like one friend comes and is like just gone through a divorce, mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, like sometimes you 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 try out the thing and you realize that it's not for you, mm-hmm. but like I didn't I didn't know that marriage was not going to be the thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like in general, that I'm just like not a person who's happy being married. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's sort of later talking to Makio about it being like, but you know, like being a, a parent or like being a guardian of someone could also be something like this where like you didn't think that you would be good at it and then you are yeah. doing it now and you actually are. This parent, this friend also mentions that like, and this is a thing that I think like, Makio anxiety brain starts to get really worried about is like, well, I couldn't fucking stand my mother-in-law. And so it's part of what led to my divorce is because I would just see my mother-in-law's face in my husband, you know? And that's sort of like the feeling that Makio is like worrying about. But then also has that, that bit of like, but then when he cheated on me, she was like actually really supportive of me. So maybe like, 
I misjudged all of that. Right, right. You know. Anyway. Um I liked that chapter, but uh it wasn't getting there's some interesting stuff that was getting into things, but it was also more like Oh, oh there's just like new characters and stuff. I thought know? that chapter was fun, mostly. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It was nice to uh it was nice to have one that felt mostly fun. Uh-huh. Um Oh, you gotta uh, Um There we go. Uh, volume three, then. Um, which chapter is chapter eleven? The new school ceremony. Um, I think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So chapter eleven. Um, Asa is starting high school. Does Ma can Makio offers to go with her to the new school ceremony? Right. Um, I don't remember. Check. This is a thing. Um, um, I guess we don't see, maybe. Yeah. Um. Or is it in this? Oh, it might oh. be in this color page. Uh. Um. No, it's just about, like, if you leave your, your diary open, I, I might, like, glance and read it. Yeah. So you should keep it closed. Mm-hmm. And also keeps being like, I don't really mind if you read it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, um okay. Oh, yeah. Uh. Are you headed out now? You're sure you don't need me to come with you. Right. Right. So, so Asa is like, yeah, Makio, I'm going to go to my new school thing and you don't have to come. It's, it'll be okay. And she gets there and she's noticing like all the other kids have their parents around and the parents are taking pictures and the parents are doing this and that. And Emery's mom comes up and is like, your aunt should be here. And there's like stuff that, like an adult might also need to take care of during this. Yes, like someone needs to be like fill out emergency contact info and stuff like that, you know. Um, and us and and she's like, listen, you should call Makio. If you don't want to call her, I can call her. That's no big deal. And Asa is just very like, well, she's not my mom, and walks away. You know. Yeah. Um, I like the little, she does the bow and then just immediately leaves and the mom's like, uh, what uh, just happened? Uh, I feel like as an adult, I need to be doing something about the situation, but this child has successfully like navigated it in a way that I'm like, don't know what to do anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she, right. This opens up into some thorny fucking shit that's going to happen here. So, oh, one. So one thing I, I, I just want to know, and I know this is maybe just the brain that I have. Uh-huh. So I read the first volume, and I was like, I don't think it's going to do this. But, like, there's stuff where, like, Asa's talking about how uh-huh. pretty, uh-huh. like, Machio uh-huh. is uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. I don't think that this is going to end up where, like, the 35-year-old is dating the 15-year-old. Right. I, I do not believe that that's the direction this is heading. Mm. But there was, like, a few things, especially with, like, Asa, like commenting on how pretty Machio is or whatever yes. in moments. Um, we'll, we'll get into other things that had me thinking about this, but th- in this, there is this one panel where there's just this girl and it has the entire panel of Machio looking and like basically commenting that she's cute. Yes. Yeah. We- things we know, things we know. Well, em- Emery is into girls. Emery Likes girls. Emery uh, has promised to unconditionally love Asa. Asa 
for some reason feels drawn to cut her hair short and perhaps even dye it, but didn't feel comfortable doing that under her mom's roof. Yeah, we're getting we're getting ahead of some stuff, but cutting hair was immediately an issue under her mom's roof. Yes. Uh, I'm just also I'm noticing behaviors. Also, we'll also get to this. We can talk about it more. Yeah. But while we're here, there's also the thing where she wants to make music. We find out. Uh huh. And she likes Coldplay. Uh-huh. I don't know if they're localizing it to be Coldplay or if it is actually textually Coldplay. I can't tell either. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah. The th- I thought it was legitimately Coldplay. And then it was like they're on TV multiple times. And I feel like a non-local band wouldn't keep showing up on Japanese TV. But also maybe Coldplay's yeah, huge Coldplay, in Japan. Coldplay's pretty big. Yeah, I don't know. Um, There's also like the pink and her being interested in pink. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the mom being like, you can't even tell if it's a boy or a girl, or, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, oh, that, that hair color, I guess for foreigners might, might be fine mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then also when Maki was watching whole play, her mom's like, oh, so these are the ki- type of boys that you like. And she's like, it's not about the boys. It's about the music. I like the music. Mm-hmm. I don't like the boys. Mm-hmm. So. Just tracking those things right just, now. Just noticing behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Other stuff. Thorny stuff. So, Asa is walking with some of her other classmates, and they're talking about, oh, my dad's a photographer, and he was so excited because he usually takes, like, ad photos, and he gets to come take, like, school photos. Oh, my dad does this, this, and this. And Asa just kind of chimes in with, my parents died. Yeah, it's it's funny. My parents couldn't come. Actually, they sort of died in an accident. Yeah. I'm living with my aunt, but she's a pretty busy writer. Yep. <laughs> um, and from there, she sort of like spaces out, disassociates for a minute, and is like, oh, I said something so embarrassing. I feel so embarrassed of what I said. Mm-hmm. And she imagines the three responses that she thinks Makia will have. Yeah, which are, how embarrassing... Well, not much you can do about it now, or be more careful next time. Yes. And she gets so preoccupied on... Uh, Makio is going to say one of those three things, you know? Yeah. And she comes home, and she tells Makio that she embarrassed herself, and Makio's just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, huh. It's going to get cold. <laughs> Don't want it. I'll eat it. He was talking about the pizza. Because he's like, pizza? This is your first day of school. It's like... Yeah. A... <laughs> um. Um, and she sort of has to process for a bit. Like, she didn't say one of the three things I thought she'd say. I thought she said she would say one of those three things because that's what mom would say in that situation. Yeah. Um, And then, in a, a moment later... She get, she tells a little bit more of a story of what she did to embarrass herself. And Makio is like, don't be embarrassed of what you said, but also don't tell people that I'm a famous writer, please. <laughs> I don't, I, I just don't want to be known as the cool famous writer that like really yeah. oversells the thing that I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I write light novels for 15-year-olds. And also, I have social anxiety. I don't want your 15-year-old friends coming over with copies of their book, like my books all the time, asking me to sign it or whatever. Yes, Um, yes. Yeah. (laughs) That was the issue, not that, like... Well, and then there's that moment, too, where she's like, so why did you do that? 
and is like, well, I guess I wanted to like stand out because I'm like trying to look cool with everyone. And she's like, then why did you tell them I'm a writer? That's not you. That's what I do. <laughs> um. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what is. The oh yeah, next... and then here's the thing. Then this is going to continue on where it's like, if you want to do something that will make you stand out, you like singing. Why don't you become a singer? Yes. yes. Why don't you join the light music club or something? Which is just like this very offhand like. Well, why don't you do this? Um, and then the answer is immediately, well, my mom hated bands, so. Yes. Yeah. And basically, this is going to become, like, the big anxiety that runs through the next, the rest of this volume is, well, I want to do music, but mom didn't want me to do music. Yeah. And there's there's lots of different facets to that, you know? Yeah. Um, we get one chapter where she's focused on, like, well, mom thought she always knew best for me and always picked my clubs. And there's one facet where she's like well mom told me to be whoever i wanted to be but then made all these choices for me and i don't understand how adults can contradict themselves yeah you know? and then also returns to this thing that in this chapter makio says which is i thought like you know when you said that i thought well she's gone now well even if she were still here it's your life yeah um um and this is, like, the first time that in her memories, Asa can see her mom's face, I think. Like, like these, like, these memories she's having, like, we've seen Asa's mother's face a bunch, but it's always, like, just, like, a blank white slate. And now we see... Yeah. Or like, we see it more from Makio's side. Yes, yes. Um, um. And now we are seeing, like the full like detail of like what her mother looked like as she starts to chew through like specific conversations and specific memories. You yeah. Know? Um. <sighs> oh, and then this, which will return, but even in the moment, I mean, it ended up returning and I wasn't su surprised, but I was like, if it didn't, I was going to have to find the page so I could read this. Yeah. Uh, but where she's writing in her diary and says, uh, but I think, you know, she's talking about like, I went and I did something dumb. I was like spacing out and then says, but I think the people who went and died are the ones who, uh, whose fault it is. And then it's like, mm, I shouldn't write that and like scratches it out and draws an eel, but then keeps thinking about the thing she wrote. Yes. Yes. Throughout the, the other chapters, which is like a thing that I relate to. Like some, th there have been times in my life where I've said terrible things about my parents and I'm like, I don't think that's true, but I am going to keep just like turning this thought over in my head, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's a kernel of truth in the, like, very angry, upset thing that I said, you know? Yeah. Um. Um. Anyway, next chapter, uh, Asa uh, texts Makio being like, hey, can I bring a friend over? And Doesn't Makio get never checks her fucking phone. Yeah, which is a running hates plot line. <laughs> she especially hates getting phone calls. Yes, yes. Um. Oh man, we're gonna get to some phone calls. I feel messy about the last chapter of this volume. We'll get there. <laughs> um, and so just brings Emery over, and Machio's like, "I was not prepared for this. Yeah, I wanted to be alone today. Yeah, um, I'm really struggling with having you here, and now your friend is here. And she, <laughs> this is such a good bit. She offers the friend coffee. Uh, she offers Emery coffee." 
And then she doesn't make it for her. Mia. <laughs> she makes herself a cup and then just doesn't make one for Emery. Well, and there's also this specific thing where she like, uh, and this is like a small detail, but one of those things that feels real to me, um, of like, oh, here's this other person here. And there's just like the little drops of coffee when you're like moving it over to the sink. Right. And then you like look at the mess and you're like, there's a person here. And there's like a whole other mess in Mm -hmm. another room. But you're just like, oh, God, this is is awful. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so she's all awkward. And then I love the, the panel of her like trying to slide in. Yeah, she's like trying to slide in through the door so that Emily d- won't see how messy her office is, even though Emily has her back to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, writers are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through this, like, Emily just thinks that uh, Machio is cool, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not until, like, the end of the, like, hangout that, like, she's like, Machio's a little rude, you know? Yeah. Um. Um. Emery says, I love you unconditionally. Uh-huh. A very normal thing to say to your friend. Very normal thing to say to your friend. So heterosexual to say to your friend. And then, immediately after, Emery says, I love you unconditionally. Then, remember, thinks of being like, mom, and then also, the only person that can say things like this to you are your mom. <laughs> um, and then it has memories of seeing the the, the car crash. Yeah, um, um, which I don't think we realized. Maybe this came up in volume one, and I forgot about it in the two weeks off. But I don't think I knew that Asa saw the car accident. Yeah, you know, just that like she wasn't in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently had like fallen asleep or something with uh-huh. that. Um. Anyway, uh, goes to basically say, Emery's going home, and Makio says, you're being annoying, shut the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause she is just, um... She's having a time. Yeah. She's having a mental illness. Don't worry about her. Yeah. Um, and then Emery leaves, and, like, Asa just ends up having, like, hey, you said I was annoying and everything. Um, oh, there's a part where Machio, like, briefly run, like, steps out, starts making food, and then runs back in, mm-hmm. um, and just leaves the eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, hours later comes out, like, Asa's already eaten, and is like, why didn't you put egg on it? And is like, I don't fucking care about how you want- Fuck want your it. eggs! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Machio's like, what the fuck was that? So then 13 is the, the what, what the fuck was that? Uh-huh. Um, this in particular, I, I like this chapter a lot. I really like this chapter. Yeah. Where they're like, just like, hey, I'm an adult. I behaved inappropriately. Let's try to set boundaries with one another. You know? Um. Yeah. I'm having a really hard time setting boundaries with you because I have a hard time with social skills and you are a child who is learning social skills. <laughs> I yeah. am an adult who's just given up on learning them. <laughs> um, this chapter, and I'm saying this as someone who has a kid and has to like, wants to be a good parent, wants to do things like differently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, 
I, I try to be very conscious about things. Mm-hmm. And so we don't necessarily know, but we have Asa having all these things of like, these are the things that mom would say. Mm-hmm. And we don't see like, and then mom would like apologize. Oh, your hair looks good. Or like, you know, mm-hmm. the focus is just on the hair. Mm-hmm. And that like her mom didn't like her hair when she cut it or whatever. Um, Makio has this part where she is like hurtful to Asa. She then comes out recognizing that something is wrong and then does the thing that you need to do, which is just repair whatever happened and like try and fix it. Mm-hmm. Like if you do something that hurts, especially with a kid, yeah, hurts a kid's feelings is you have to try to repair that and yeah. be like, yeah. hey, I I am not perfect. I messed uh-huh. up here. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to try and do Which better. is like a thing, like we see um, like memories that Asa's having of her mother where like, she's like, mother always knows Beth. Oh, your mother's always right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Which she's probably saying like a little lightheartedly, but like Asa is like too young to understand it, you know? Yeah. Well, and also isn't getting the message necessarily. Yeah. That. No, I'm also an imperfect human being. I make mistakes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, um, and then there's the, I think this is where there's the thing about, um, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to love you, but I do like you. Mm-hmm. Those are different things. We we glossed over in the chapter where, um, in the chapter where uh, Makio goes out with her friends, she gets really drunk and she starts to be like, you know, Asa's kind of like a puppy, and puppies do this, this, yeah. and that. And I, <laughs> she like starts to think about like how, you know, how she relates to um, Asa. And I feel like we see like some of those reflections that she had are like coming to bear in this chapter. There's like, also two the funny later. detail of she writes down things that are ideas for books, and she wakes up the next morning being like. I don't know why I wrote down, uh, like, puppies can talk and, like... Watch TV. I know that I was thinking about you as a puppy, but I don't really understand how that translated to the note that I wrote down for a story idea. I was noticing that you felt lonely, but what I wrote down here was puppies watch TV by themselves. <laughs> Yeah. This is also where we get uh, Makio saying, I don't understand why you feel lonely sometimes. Lonely is not a thing I experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you and I are two different people, and we're allowed to be two different people. Um, yeah. You know. I like the thing of, so let's meet each other halfway, even though we can't understand each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we can't understand each other, in fact. Um Yeah. That's just that's just good relating to other humans, especially young humans advice, you know. Yeah. Um and then it's basically like <clears throat> I I'm sorry about how I was. It sounds like eating meals together is important. So if I like miss mealtime because I'm working, come in and be like, hey, it's time to eat. Mm-hmm. And just tell me that because I still might lose track of time. Yeah. So I I will do I will eat meals with you. But you got to come and remind me sometimes. Yes. Because I may not remember. Also, on the flip side, you can talk to me while I'm working. If I don't reply to you, it just is what it is. Mealtime yeah. is different, but sometimes you're going to talk to me and I'm just going to be focused on my work and not reply. You know? Yeah. Uh, and if there's something you want to talk about, just talk about talk to me about it at the time. And if it's like really important, 
Mm-hmm. And you make that clear, I will try to like... Yes, tear you know. myself away from my work. Yeah. yeah, this is where we get the, even though you don't like me, and said, I never said I didn't like you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said I don't love you. <laughs> yeah. I feel generally favorable toward you. Yeah. <laughs> I like the whole, like, so, say we had to divide all of humanity into two categories where you feel favorable towards them or unfavorable towards them. What I'm saying is I would put you in the favorable category. <laughs> Um, on this part I'm sorry I messed up just anybody uh, listening to this who have kids in their life really important to be able to say that yes yes <laughs> the, the biggest piece of advice I ever got about being a parent is that uh, being a perfect parent is going to be worse for your kid because what you've shown them is you have to be perfect all the time. Uh-huh. You need to be an imperfect parent who then shows them what you do when you're imperfect. Yes. Um, the perfect is the enemy of the good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then we just get, like, you know, Asa trying to think about, like, um, what her family what her parents were like and you know makio accepted my loneliness even if she doesn't understand it and she's like thinking about like fights she saw her parents have and how that contradicts with the happy memories that they have um and yeah um trauma in that little girl you know i want things to go well for her um I, I do, but also this is extremely what I wanted the manga to be, yeah. which is the person who's aware that this person was, like, uh, deeply abusive to them in some way and has mm. trauma about it, but is aware of it, encounters the person who's a child and just grew up with that and thought it was normal. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, I'm just going to try and be, like, real with you. I'm going to try and treat you like an adult. I'm just going to try and, like, apologize when I fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the that that kid being like, Wait, fuck, would my parents abuse him? <laughs> you hate my I, mom for a reason, and I think I'm starting to realize why. I want Asa to turn everything to just come up, like, peachy keen for her, but I want it to happen in, like, volume 11. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, wanna, I want the journey to get there very badly, and it seems like that's what we're getting set up for. Um, I also, like, we'll, we'll get this detail with... Um... I forgot his name again. Kasamachi. Kasamachi. Um, later, but uh, Makio realizes that she does the same thing to comfort that uh, the he does. Mm-hmm. So also, also Makio is calling him at like midnight, and they're both in their yeah. PJs, and she is clearly like, "Listen, I just got to talk to my friend who like is emotionally intelligent in a way that I'm not." Um, yeah, and and Kasumachi is like my ex is calling it, me at midnight, and I have feelings about this. <laughs> well, this this scene in particular is great too because like Makio talks about how she doesn't get lonely, mm-hmm. and then and she's trying to understand what that feels like, and so then she calls this person mm-hmm. to be like, "Can you explain to me what being lonely feels like?" Because I want to understand it. And he's joking around like, "Oh, you're doing research for your book, huh? Sure, I'll be a part of your book." <laughs> but then she's like laying in bed, falling asleep, listening to him, as if like this is not the behavior of a lonely person who wants to talk to someone. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and and it's literally two lonely people who used to be in love and kind of fucked it up. And she's like, "Yeah, 
that's my friend. And yeah. he's like, I have feelings for you, stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, chap- chapter, or page 14, sorry. Page 14. Um, Let's fucking go, dude. Yeah. Is this... So, so this is the one that, that really gets into the, uh, oh, uh, you know, my, my brain is activating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are the kind of guys you're like, huh? (laughs) Okay. This isn't quite the one that I was losing my shit for. There's the last chapter of this volume. I was losing my shit for in a much different way than I was losing my shit for this chapter, I guess. Yeah. Because this is like, this is like. As a person who has experienced a lot of trauma around various things, this is how, like, memory ends up working for you. Where you're doing one thing. Asa is just trying to choose a club to go to at school. Yeah. I mean, it even starts with... Her waking up in the morning. She's just... Well, it starts with, like, literally this first one is we get her in the present... And is being like, is that Coldplay, huh? You like that sort of thing, which is like from earlier. Machio said that. Yeah, Machio said that when she was watching Coldplay on TV. Mm -hmm. And then remembers and goes back to her mom being like, so those are the type of guys you like. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is a key thing because there is, even though it's not true, it's, it's feeding into the link that like she's having around. Uh... Being afraid of what Machio is going to think. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> so yeah, she's trying to pick a, a club. She's having these memories. And the way that, like, the memories are, like, winding. The memories are jumping through years. And the memories are colliding with reality in a way that is, like, hard for Asa in this moment to, like, step out of the memory and remember that she is, like, having a conversation with another girl at school. You know? Yeah. Um, that like this other girl is just talking about, mm, I don't know, table tennis or maybe this or that. And Asa is just like staring because she is like in the memory zone right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the stuff, the stuff that she is remembering about her mother is like messy. Yeah. And it- it's a lot of stuff of like, we get a bunch of, um, you know, there's trying to decide what to do for the, the club. And it's like, <clears throat> you know, what's your friend doing tennis? Oh, why don't you do tennis? I don't want to. Oh, I did Batman when I was younger. I don't want to do that. Well, you like singing. How about doing chorus? Which we know and we get more of. That's not like the kind of music. Yes. That she likes, but she does it. Because yes. it's like in this middle zone. Um, and it's like, it's all settled. Your mom's never wrong. Uh, and then there's like, you know, get that, like, this is what you should get. Cause your mom always knows best. That's the clothing you should get. Um, and all these moments of like her mom being like, get this, don't get that one. Don't do that. Uh And then you need to be able to decide things for yourself, Asa. And then the moment of like, she decided to cut her hair and is like mad at her about it. Well, and there's the, there's the positive framing that she remembers of. You can always be your own person, Asa, contrasted against this sort of negative reinforcement of mom always knows best. And there's also the negative framing of why can't you decide anything for yourself? Contrasted against the negative, like, you know, making all the decisions for her. Yeah. Well, and also the the 
there is the like, oh, you can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, which is like this kind of very empty thing that gets said to kids all the time. Uh, that is, that contains within it when a lot of adults say it. Specifically, like, and, and the dad says it in like the slightly nicer way of like, well, anything within reason, hmm. which is kind of what is often said. And then even drills down further into, just don't pick anything that your mom will get mad about. Yes. And and this is part of what, like, Asa is hung up on. But the other, like, component of what she gets hung up on and what he says here is he, she's like, I want you to take an interest in me. I want you to express a preference because that will feel like you care, you know? And the way her dad is just like, oh, do whatever you want just makes it feel to her like he doesn't care. Which is like, you know... That's a problem that Nora and I have sometimes in our own marriage of just like, I'm just like, hey, which of these two outfits do you think looks good? And it's not a thing Nora thinks about. She's like, I don't know. They both look good. And I'm like, no, I need you to express a preference because you having an opinion validates me and yeah. just understand that. It, un- <laughs> yeah. Um, and then having the thing of like, you say that I can be whatever I want to be and do whatever I want to do. And then I cut my hair and then you're mad at me. Uh about that um and you're not saying oh it looks cute or whatever Uh uh-huh you know um emery being the one person who says it's cute yes so um seems like the only uh positive validation asa gets is from uh, emery i wonder if that is sort of developing any attachment to this girl who unconditionally loves her yeah i don't know um there's also the moment where like emery briefly uh, ignores her. Yes. Just like hanging out with people, but then immediately runs back to be like, "Sorry." It's not was... even like she ignores her. It's like I was in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, you know. But it's like also has the awareness in the way that like there's a more in- intense discussion around it where like Makio is like truly has this moment of like ignoring Asa and like yes. being overwhelmed and is like, yes. "I have to come and apologize." And there's a far more like extended conversation around that mm-hmm. where this is i was in a conversation i'm sorry that i ignored you though i came and run, ran back right yes away. yes like less than five minutes later yeah you know? um um this this page where asa is like seeing herself falling out of the window and just like all the different contradictory like messages from her parents are like bouncing around in her head yeah the uh you can do whatever you want to do and be whatever you want to be and whatever you choose i'll always be your ally and then she shouts you liar <laughs> yes and and the thing i like so first panel on this page is asa with short hair falling out of this window the shards of glass are pizza slices <laughs> yeah the next it's just in this moment of like uh having pizza mm-hmm. with Machio. yes um then the mom is saying you can be whatever you want to be the background of that panel is the car accident yeah. And then the third panel here. Well, and also her in this one seems to be when she was like the I think the the pigtails was like even younger. Yes. And then the the one of uh and whatever you choose I'll always be your ally. This seems to be like right around when she was about to cut her hair. Yes. Yes. Like she's got short her hair but not the short hair that she currently wears, you know. Yeah. 
Um, this is such a good fucking page. There is yes. like so much subtly happening there. Um, and then like the next page where you see all the different co- contradictory like thoughts she's having as she's falling. Um, that's asked, like a very. I also like, like that all this comes out of like while eating pizza. Is specifically just the even when they were around, it was still your life. Like yes. that's also a thing that's like contributing to having all these thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Um, having someone be like, "Hey, it's your life." <laughs> <laughs> um, a girl can be cute playing in a band. A girl can be cute playing in a band. That's so true. Um, listen to my podcast about Nana. <laughs> Any of them. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, you know, the ones who died are whose fault it is. We've got a big typo in the scanlation yeah. here, <laughs> but it's fine. I didn't even notice it in the moment of reading. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Emily runs back and, um, you know, it's like, I think just gently encourages her to do light music. Is that what it is? Yeah. Or, or no, Asa is just like, I think I'll do light, light music. I always wanted to. Um, and Emily is just like, oh, that sounds cool. You know? Yeah. Um. Chapter 15. Let's. We're almost there. Fucking go. Uh, missed calls from, uh, we got a, we got another guy who looks kind of suspiciously like her ex. That kind of just looks like a blonde version of her ex. Like a, a blonde, like, uh. Slightly thinner. Yes. Like, you know. Um, And this guy comes over, and he is, like, a social worker, or a lawyer, who does, like, social work type things. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, you're the, gar- you're the new guardian of a child, and there's lots of, like, paperwork and stuff that needs to be filled out. And also, I'm doing a wellness check on the child, because, you know, we get a little suspicious when the new guardian doesn't answer the phone. Well, and also, the new guardian doesn't answer the phone, and, like, we have to, like, ma- watch the, the bank accounts to make sure nothing weird's going on, and 300,000 yen was withdrawn. Yes. Um, which is weird. Yeah. Are you just, like, taking money from the child? Yes. And then avoiding. And he's, he's trying to be gentle about it, but Makio, I, and if I were in Makio's shoes, I'd feel the same way. As a note, uh, Makio, um... Had oysters, some nice fresh oysters that they're going to make something with. Right. And invited her ex over and is wearing makeup. Yes. When this guy shows up. Yes. <laughs> She's wearing makeup. They've got nice fresh oysters. Tono is the, the attorney. Tono. Um, I want her to bone Tono so bad. <laughs> I want her to fuck up her relationship with Kasamachi so bad, dude. <laughs> um. So anyway, she's confused. She's like, I didn't know about this money being withdrawn. Um, And I've been letting a lot of the bills go on auto pay and stuff. So, you know, if that sort of thing would have happened, I just wouldn't have realized that. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, And Asa is like, I bought myself a MacBook because I was sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, Makio is like, okay, well, if you want to make 
a 300,000 yen purchase, we do need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I probably would okay it, but, like, maybe we could get you an iPad for a little less. Like, we, you know. We, yeah, we gotta we gotta talk this through a little bit. You Maybe you get a laptop instead of a MacBook Pro. Like, <laughs> um, I like the part where the attorney's like, uh... You know, when you didn't pick up, I thought you may not, <laughs> you, uh, may not have been entirely on the up and up. And then there's just like, not entirely on the up and up. <laughs> oh, uh, I see. I'm just, uh, not good talking on the phone. So, uh, actually, I'm, uh, not great at social interaction. Only. <laughs> oh, this is so cute. Um, oh, I he's, to he's so bad. <laughs> he's so awkward in the way of like, um, there's a part two where he's like, uh, I've, I've never dealt with like, I forget exactly how he says it. I've never dealt with a writer before. Well, yeah, like, the way that he says it initially is, it seems like he's saying, like, oh, I've never dealt with an autistic person before or something. And he's like, no, no, I mean that there's something weird, like, not weird, not weird. There's something, I've never had a situation where, like, a kid's parent has died and they're living with a new guardian. That's that's outside of what this normally, my normal, I'm I'm new at this job. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it so yeah, much. He's so fucking awkward. Yeah. Um, and and then as the conversation goes on a little bit, because basically part of what is happening here is that like Asa is like having feelings about like I'm scared to do light music, and so I was scared to do. I bought the MacBook Pro and I was scared to tell you about it because I was scared you'd disapprove of the light music thing. And lawyer guy, Tono, is like, wait, hold up. Is Makio telling you you can't do the things you want to do? And Asa's like, no, it was my mom. Fuck. (laughs) She's like, no, like the trauma comes from my mom. Makio's fine. And Makio's like, okay, thank God. I'm not going to get the kid taken away from me. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that since she's an adult, she might be against it. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm all confused. Um, and then I feel like there's a part where Machio is sort of explaining, oh yeah, uh, I told her it might be fun for her to join the light music club, but she said my parents wouldn't be happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's so funny cause the lawyer is so well-meaning through this and like how he has to gradually like shift his understanding. Cause he, he comes in kind of hot. Because he misunderstands, and as he's, like, realizing, he's like, okay, like, my understanding of what being caring and helpful is in this situation is evolving on a (laughs) minute-by-minute basis. Yeah. You know, I have Um, to change my approach constantly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's, like, so quick to, like, uh, he, like, flips back and forth. He's so quick to be like, oh, everything's on the up and up. You just don't like phones and like, you're not sure what this payment was. Um, all right. All right. Uh, and then like, you know, immediately like, wait, is she telling you you can't do that? Um, so they, they base everything sort of gets resolved and yeah, he's wait, like, <laughs> let me, yeah, uh, I'm rather inexperienced myself. I haven't had the opportunity to come in contact with someone of your type before. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he's awkward and, and, and everything is sort of settling down. He's like, I'll just try to email you before I call or something like that. Um, and then as he's leaving, Kasabachi is walking in and, <laughs> 
Um, um, it's like literally while they're doing a handshake. Yes, yes. And <laughs> like they're just shaking hands, and then Kasabachi walks in, and he's like, "Who's this other man?" And then, <laughs> he's and like, then, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be shaking your girlfriend's hand." Basically, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to steal your girl. She is very pretty, but I, you know, I didn't notice that she was so pretty until now. When you and asked, the, and about I'm sorry it. that I touched her hand it. when I shook, shook her hand. I'm sorry. I just thought it would be the appropriate thing to do in this. I'm a, I'm a, sorry. I'm an attorney. I'm an attorney. I'm here shaking your hand because I'm an attorney. <laughs> Do you want to go to the baseball game, bro? I'm such a bro. We could be best friends. <laughs> you I know what? Him. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I just thought I'd shake her hand just to be sure. Excuse me. <laughs> He's like, shake her hand. <laughs> the scandal of the handshake. Yeah. Meanwhile, Makio like, barely sees most of this because it's like like he's stepping outside. And she's yeah. like, are the men being weird out there? <laughs> oh, it seems like the men are being weird. Whatever. Come inside. <laughs> Um. Anyway, he's great. I love the attorney. Yeah, I I wanted to fuck him so bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know that this is going to be a manga where sex happens. Could I definitely wouldn't yeah. be surprised, but it doesn't seem like in line with the tone of where it's at so far. Anyway, we get uh the Kasamachi coming and and putting his arm around her, puts her arm around her and kisses her on the forehead, and he's like, just between friends, you yeah. know. Just yeah. a little little forehead smooch between pals. And then it's also where Makio's like, oh, yeah, I did that to, I did like basically this to Asa because I think this is, this is how you comfort people, right? This yeah. is what you do? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I did it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, Asa comes and sits on the couch with them and she's like, new dad, new dad, <laughs> new dad. <laughs> um, yeah, there is specifically the, the thing about like, uh um basically like it was the first night in a long in a long time probably since my parents died that I felt calm uh the first really happy night um i want this girl to be okay yeah also also important detail important <laughs> attorney most messy on the clean to messy scale of how they keep their rooms. Yes, the final messier page... than Macchio. The final page of the um, uh, uh, volume <laughs> is like one of one of um. I think this is Daigo, isn't it? Yeah, she's like, yeah, I like to keep a clean house. It keeps me calm. And Kasabachi is like, I try to stay organized. Asa's like, I like cleaning. And then we get down, like, a couple more of the friends, and then Makio is like... Yeah. Friends are like, my mom makes me clean it. I haven't felt like it much lately. Uh, it doesn't really matter as long as it's at, uh, it's home, right? Makio, can we change the topic? <laughs> and then the attorney, I forget where I put things. <laughs> oh, my God, he's such a mess. Um, we went way longer on that than I thought we would. Yeah, we 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 didn't fully go coffee and comic books, but we did. We we got pretty close to how coffee and comic books did it. Yeah. Um. There was also just there was more material that I was excited to talk about through these pages. Yeah. We'll see if we like dive in as much, but yeah, especially this one, I wanted to like track some of the. I think like a lot of the the flashback memory stuff is important. I'm not developing. What I might do next time to try it out is write, like, two sentences for myself about each chapter, just so I can remember, this is the chapter, because oh. part of the reason I needed us to flip through it is because I couldn't remember, chapter seven is where yeah. this happens, chapter yeah. eight, so maybe just writing down for myself, like, 
chapter 12, they go to the school ceremony, you know? Yeah. This is when we did the New Year special on Nana. I did this. For every chapter, I tried to write, like, one or two sentences mm-hmm. uh, about what happened. Um, And it's been really nice because... Also, Connor and I both did, like, extensive notes for all the volumes uh-huh. for, like, one episode, yeah. half of it, because the other half is, like, other New Year special stuff. Right. So, I, I think we even comment when we get to the discussion episode of, like, it is so nice to do a, a season where I literally just pull up my notes from before and see if I want to add anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so little note-taking I have to do right now. Yeah. Also, it's Nana. I fucking know what happens in Nana. Yeah, I know you do. <clears throat> Where can people find you online? Have I told you about Nana before? Where can people find you online? You can find me at FoxMomNia on basically anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter. It's mm-hmm. always going to be Twitter. Uh, co- co-host Blue Sky. Yeah. Um, Annie List. You can see when I read <laughs> chapters of Ikoku Nikki because I will mark it red. <clears throat> um, I need to get in the habit of using Annie List more. I feel like I like it because it's it's it does the thing that I wish more stuff did, which was just make it easy to like track progress on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like tracking progress on like Goodreads is a nightmare. Because mm-hmm. if you have page numbers, it's like okay, but especially when you have to do percent, I'm like I don't fucking know. I have noticed. That whenever I mark something as currently reading on Goodreads, um, it's just cursed that I never finish it. I have had, no joke, because I used to have like five things in there and I deleted them all, but I have had Dororo marked as currently reading 500 out of 800 pages for three years now. Yeah. I really like Dororo. I marked it as currently reading on Goodreads and I put in that 500 pages and then I never picked it up. Again, the other I don't I don't think Goodreads has this. It's a it's a feature I should probably do for some stuff on Annie List. But there's a thing that you can do that basically says like I was watching this, but I paused it. But it keeps your progress as well, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't show up in your like this is what I'm currently doing thing. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. Um, uh. Other websites, Autumnal Coffee, Autumnal underscore Coffee, Autumnal Gash Coffee, you know. Try various combinations. The co- co-host at Autumnal is the big thing. I really literally checked, because I should, I would like co-host to be at Autumnal Coffee, and maybe I could send a ticket to staff about it, but there's not a way to do it by default, it seems like. You just have to, like, make a new one? I just sort of, like, impulse was, like, the day I made a co-host account was, like, you know what? I'm going to be a tumnal on this website because I can shake things up. I'm so new here. Like this so website's so new. I don't need the coffee. I can just be a tumnal. And then I'm like, yeah, that's not the brand though. Yeah. So maybe I'll send a ticket to staff about it. Maybe they can't help me. I, I'm slightly glad that uh, <clears throat> Lexi already had Fox on co-host because uh-huh. I would have been so tempted to just do Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, But now I'm like, oh no, it's just good. It's the same. Yep. It's the same on everything. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've been doing promo more on co-hosts lately. I did unlock my Twitter account today on account of signing that new employment offer. So tomorrow I just have to give Starbucks notice. Yeah. I'm nervous about it, but it'll be fine. 
Um, go listen to my podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I I currently have three manga podcasts. So in addition to this one, you can listen to uh, Ghost Divers, where we are reading through. We are rereading. Very important. Uh-huh. Nana. Uh, our intro episode, which is already out. We very specifically talk about this is a reread podcast. Mm-hmm. So I know lots of people who will watch along for the first time on like with a, like a show with Ghost Divers. Um, I've talked about Nana enough on other things that one you should have read it already. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Don't <laughs> but also, me. but also, um. Both Connor and I have read it, and we already did a podcast about it, and I would go nuts if I had to not talk about stuff that was going to happen in later volumes Uh as we went through. I just don't think I would, like... Enjoy the podcast that way. Yeah. Especially because Nana has this, like, framing device where you get stuff that is like in the future doing voiceover like everything you're reading is technically like flashback flashback or like previous events mm-hmm. and then you get stuff where people are are talking about like those memories uh-huh and in order to talk about the things that I want to talk about of what is Nana doing mm-hmm. I have to be able to address the fact that like when people talk about Nana as Yuri baiting, some of it is like, oh, the main chapter is just like Hachi being boy crazy. And then at the end, she's like, oh, Nana, you know, you could have been my boyfriend if only you were a boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to do that with the context of what that future is mm-hmm. to read what's happening in all of that. Yes. Uh, and if you just do it as like, oh, this is just like a little voiceover, of course, you're like, oh, it's Yuri baiting, but it's. Mm-hmm. very specifically talking about like realizations people come to later. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. I won't go into details about what that future is, but um, I realized coffee and comic books note just for people, because this will be going up a couple of days before the next, I recorded coffee and comic books today. It should be up a couple of days after this podcast goes up. Um, but just so people know um, this week's episode is a free episode. We covered the York New arc of um, of Hunter Hunter. The next episode, we are gonna go ahead and do Greed Island. That'll be a five dollar um, uh, patron episode. We will be covering covering all of the Greed Island arc of Hunter Hunter. Very excited to do that. Um, and then after that, we'll do another free episode where we take a little Hunter Hunter break before we get into Chimera Ant. So, if people have requests for the next episode after Greed Island, let me know. I'm I'm sure Rick and I will figure out something. But yeah, the we'll do Greed Island five dollars free episode of something else, Pre- preferably not manga. You know, yeah. just to get some variation in there. Uh, preferably not shonen manga. Yeah, yeah. Um, preferably not battle shown in manga specifically. <laughs> yeah, because th- if someone, if if Rick or whoever is like, oh, this like, you know, two volume series of like not battle shown in stuff is really interesting. I might, I might, you know, say yes to that. Yeah. 
my other manga podcast, uh, but you would be forgiven for not knowing this, is Pondering Putan with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy, where we are reading through uh, Chronic High School at the same rate that it was published in the mm. weekly magazine, uh, which means one to two chapters a week. If it's a if it's uh, an eight page one, eight page chapter, it's one. If it's a four page chapter, you're reading two. Mm. They basically gave him eight pages per per weekly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do talk about the manga. Sometimes. sometimes we talk at length about the manga, and it feels like a bit that we're doing that every time. Mm-hmm. I know it's what we're supposed to be there to do, mm-hmm. but every time we actually do it, I feel like we're doing a more of a bit than the normal bits we do. But people can check that out. And it's a very good manga. I highly recommend it. You should read along. Um, I feel like often you will get more out of the podcast if you read along, even if we don't talk about the manga. Um, and my one other podcast is Around the Long Fire, which I do with my friend M. Uh, we are stuck with fucking Norwegian kings for I thought three you were, more weeks. I thought you were quitting on the Norwegian kings. We are after the saga, but we said that at the very beginning of St. Olaf's saga, and the Norwegians fucking love St. Olaf's saga, so it's a third of this fucking book. Oh, Jesus. So you have three more weeks of fucking St. Olaf, I, who's not even that saintly, because it was all just politicking after his death. But it's not even... The, the the sagas after don't even get into the interesting stuff of the politicking. Yeah, I really thought you were just done after... I thought you had, like, one more week. So we are going to read uh, St. Olaf saga for three more weeks. Um, eventually the farmers will rise up, and they will kill him, and we will celebrate, and we will move on. To we're gonna do the nimble and glee next, and then probably after that, we might do something else that's not a saga. But the the next saga I want to do is Urber Odd Saga, a man who lives to be three hundred years old. Um, and there's a part where he just goes in the woods and like puts bark on his body to like be reborn. He he rules. Uh, Rick today was trying to to pitch me on reading Water Margin. Um, maybe you should read Water Margin. Um, water margin. Let me pull this up here. First of all, I'm going to just give you this quote from water margin that Rick sent me. Uh, what meaningless talk said Shi Chen, even if I am willing, but there is one who is not. So you must have his consent before you pass. You are a hero. Tell me whom I must ask replied Chen Ta. You can ask the sword in my hand if in and if it is willing, then you can pass, said Shi Chen. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask the fucking sword in my hand, my man. Fucking sick. Uh anyway. Water margin is one of the earliest Chinese uh novels written in Mandarin and is attributed to Shin Na'an. Shin Nai'an. Um uh, it's also translated as Shi Nai'an. Um, it is also translated as Outlaws of the Marsh and All Men Are Brothers. Um, a story which is set in Northern Song Dynasty around 1120 tells of a group of 108 outlaws gathers at Mount Liang to rebel against the government. Later, they are granted, am- granted amnesty and enlisted by the government to resist the nomadic conquest of Liao- the Liao Dynasty and other rebels. Um, uh... The novel is considered one of the masterpieces of early vernacular fiction and Chinese literature. 
Uh, it introduced readers to many of the best-known characters in Chinese literature, such as Wu Song, Lin Chong, uh, more names that I'm not yeah. familiar with. Um, seems cool. Yeah. You can ask the sword in my hand. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna stick a little closer to the remit for a while before we we branch off into like. Fair enough. Yeah. You, you're meaning you, M probably like, doesn't want to do a Chinese epic? Uh. <laughs> I mean, M probably wants to do a Chinese epic, but, like, specifically doing the Nibble on Gleed is, like, mm-hmm. this is in this, this is, like, a different version of a saga we read. Would you, you ever know? do Beowulf on Elf? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think Beowulf, I, I think at least, I mean, eventually we might branch out further, but, mm-hmm. like, for a while I want us to generally stick to, like, um... You know, old Germanic mm-hmm. language stuff. If you do Beowulf, I'll like, have to give you your copy back. Yeah, because I've had your copy for the the like a the year? Tolkien one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know which version we would do. But yeah, this is various versions of all sorts of things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh. You know, we, we will get through the kings for a little bit, um, and I will drag Voip lives out of M kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. So. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's go.
this can be the non-homophobia zone, non-homophobia zone. Because we're going to be chewing into the microphone. So this can be, be truly, like, at the end of all things, if we want it to be. Oh, gosh. I just... We're chewing some gummies. Not not weed gummies, just gummies. These are really good. There's like the right balance of citric acid on these. What brand is this? Not that we're running ads for these people, but... It's just a, a bunch of Swedish gummies. Okay. <clears throat> these are just very good. I especially like those little pineapple ring ones in there. Because the pineapple is already tart. And there's citric acid. But I feel like... Sometimes you get, like, Sour Patch Kids. I feel like mm-hmm. all I taste is the citric acid. You know? Yeah. These have bold enough flavors. I, I like Sour Patch Kids in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But it's because I think compared to a lot of the gummies that, like, Emily will get from, like, Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not that good. But the U.S., I don't think, has that great of gummies. Well, and, like, you get, like, the Sour Skittles. <laughs> And all you taste is citric acid. Yeah. There are so many sour candies here that, like, I can't taste the, like, green apple under the citric acid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, Sour Patch Kids supposedly have flavors, but they all kind of just taste like Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Whereas here you eat one... And, and like, I like, can tell, and that one has a different texture than the others, because mm, it's got, like, the... This has sort of, like, a, a licorice like, outside. Yeah. And then, like, a softer, creamier gummy inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so there's, like, that variation to the... Mm-hmm. To the bite. Yeah. That is very nice. Well, I don't know if you listened to the recent Bhutan. Mm-hmm. We talked about gummies, like, basically the entire time. I'm not, I'm not caught up. Um, but like, like scum is a type of gummy and like the closest that I can do to explain it in like the U S is to say, it's kind of like circus peanuts, but better, mm-hmm. but it's like a, that similar texture where like, if you like press on it, it's, it's, there's going to be a little bit of give, but then it's going to kind of collapse in on itself a little more, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, look at you with your business cards on the ironing board. Oh yeah. Um, I took them out of my pocket when I was uh doing like some blazers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I'm now that we're done bundle. chewing gummies, we can get into the. Okay, I'll, I'll let you finish chewing. I'm sorry to create more work in the edit for you. I just wanted to talk about gummies for a minute. Yeah. Um, got some liquid death. I've got my just vanilla water. Yeah, I've got not vanilla water because okay, you go. Sorry, I got regular water too. Are we still in the the whatever this is the the non homophobia non homophobia zone zone? Yeah. Am I stealing? I'm stealing a McElroy's bit by saying that, aren't I? Probably because they have the adventure oh, zone yeah. zone. Or... The the adventure zone zone. Yeah. 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 Can't call it that. Yeah, you know, you can't. Um, um, no, bef- be- before we get there, um, I have this argument with Nora sometimes, and I want to know if you agree with me, because I suspect that you will. 
Yeah. Vanilla is a flavor. Yeah. Vanilla is like, has a taste. Vanilla doesn't just mean plain. Yes. (laughs) In fact, vanilla is, I mean. Vanilla is like a very subtle and complex flavor. There is an artificial vanilla flavor and a lot of stuff has that artificial vanilla flavor. But vanilla itself remains a very expensive flavoring yes. agent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, because it's like, it's like, it's it's very expensive because it is very hard to produce real vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if you have the most most efficient agricultural system in the world producing vanilla, like yeah. it is just not a very efficient. Plant. Well, like for a very long, the reason why. For a very long time, vanilla was, like, an extremely sought-after flavor. Mm-hmm. Which then means that as, like, capitalism progresses... And industrialization finds a way to make it artificially. And also, like, one of the things that capitalism likes to do is to find ways to make the things that were once markers of class mm-hmm. become available to lower classes uh-huh. in a way that then... Makes you think that the quality of life has improved even... And, like, in some ways, like, yes, very early stages of capitalism do improve the quality of life for, like, a lot of countries. Yeah. Um, But there's, like, a lot that rides on that. And there's yes. a lot that, like, oh, look at all the, like, consumer goods you can get. Isn't this a great system? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the, like, artificial vanilla flavor exists because of how deeply... So- it exists for the same reason why... Why beef is like cheaper in the United States than lamb and mutton, which is just not true about how to produce those meats. Yes, yes. But eating beef has historically been a sign of class, and especially in the U.S., took root as like, yes. if you can eat beef, that means you've made it. And then at a certain point, that just, there's no longer that like direct class association, it's just culture now. Yes. We just have, van- everything has vanilla ice cream. Anyway, what Nora thinks, Nora says, and I don't mean to put my wife on blast. I love her very much. This is just a thing we disagree with. She's like, vanilla is just plain. Vanilla is like no flavor. And I'm like, no, vanilla is like one of the most complex and subtle flavors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Vanilla adds so much to anything. It's why you put vanilla extract in basically everything you will ever bake. You know? Um... There is also a certain amount of, like, I think that whole class thing mm-hmm. also happens with the we then put vanilla extract in everything. Yeah. In in the same way that, like, in other, like, I know in a lot of Indian cooking, it's like anytime you make a dessert, you're going to put even a little bit of cardamom in there, even if you, you aren't tasting it in the same way that you do if you have, like, you know, a cardamom bun or you have, like, some really intense cardamom-flavored dish. You just always fucking put cardamom in there mm-hmm. and some of it is just like yeah you're you are able to put cardamom in there and that's like a thing yeah you know yeah um i'm constantly thinking about that tweet that's like white people really fucked up the whole world to try to get some spices and then don't even put it in shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um Anyway. Should we enter the regular non-homophobia zone now? Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll make a mark. Guess that's what we're doing now. <laughs>